Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Wallop and web snappers! My spider sense is tingling. 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 Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And say, aren't you a little young to have your spider sense tingling? Yes. Yes, I am. To listen to this show, find us on 4EyedRadio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit RevengeLover.com. And we have word snappers, words we've got business to attend to. Thanks to our patron, Katie, we had to incorporate the phrase, there's no cow on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> Which turned out to be quite a challenge. <laughs> yeah, but you worked it into like a good, like you made a really good point surrounding it, though. It's funny when I, I feel like anytime I'm trying to work in word snappers words, from my end, it feels like I'm going on the longest tangent of all time. And then yeah. like when I listen back, I'm like, oh, that that didn't last four full minutes. Yeah. But I remember like distinctly feeling like, oh God, it's going to give it away because I'm rambling forever. Well, but it didn't because it didn't come across as a ramble to me because <laughs> it was like totally in line with what we were talking about. And honestly, like it helped you make your point that you were making. Like that was kind of like the the period on that, like the, the whole point you're making about like the whole, like the character and everything. So yeah. Well, this it's is and this is funny to talk about because this episode that we're recording today is is very much an isolated episode, um, yeah. and it 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 follows no sequence whatsoever. So we're talking about word snappers words for an episode. Who knows when you listen to it? I guess if you listen when they come out, you heard it last week. But uh, <laughs> it's about yeah, it was oh, yeah? about a character who might have scales and a green complexion. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, made it work. <laughs> yeah, so thank you, yeah. Katie, for. Uh, giving us a challenge on that one <laughs> yeah and i guess if you are a new listener who's just popped in because the the seo for phineas and ferb like brought this to your attention or something oh welcome <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but uh word snappers is a game that we it's like an improv game that we play through patreon so we have our patrons at like any level when when you're a patron you can submit words like or phrase five words or less that we have to work into an episode that month and we'll get things often like there's no cow on the ice which i i don't know is that a phrase somewhere i don't know where that came from what that means but we have to work them in and even if you're not a patron as a listener you can just every episode you can sort of keep an ear out for if we say something particularly weird if it's very weird and out of place it might be words that uh patrons have sent in that will reveal the following week i just looked up there's no cow on the ice and yeah. it is a saying, but it is really? a Swedish saying. <laughs> oh, okay. Our okay. patrons are so cultured. Latin, I know. Swedish. What's next? Yeah, yeah wow. Yeah, it means don't worry, basically. Oh. Yeah. 
So I, I, I wouldn't say that I used it uh, the way that the Swedish would have, but, uh, mm. you know, there's no cow on the ice. So I'm not... Hakuna Matata. <laughs> yeah. I see. I see, can see the through line there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, well, if you would like to uh, play Word Snappers with us, check us out on Patreon. Yeah. We'll say the link a few times. <laughs> yes. Yes. We say it a lot. And, you know, that was something kind of random that we had to say. There's a lot of randomness going on uh, in what we're talking about today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although I will say people criticize like kind of the whole like that's random kind of humor that exists in a lot of kids media like in like the late 2000s and now. I think that this show utilizes it a lot better than other instances I feel like that I've seen, at least in this special that I saw, having seen it for the first time ever in my life. (laughs) Yeah. So we're talking about Phineas and Ferb, which, I mean, if you came here because of Phineas and Ferb, you're not surprised. But if you come here for Spider-Man, the reason that we're talking about this is because they did a crossover with with Marvel. Um, So for for this one time uh, ever, probably... Uh, we're talking about Phineas and Ferb. I have no background with Phineas and Ferb. I think yeah, I had I seen care. one episode prior to this. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know when. So That's one more episode than you've seen than me. Yeah. So, which, no, not for any, you know, I wasn't trying to not watch it or anything. It was just sure. I, the Disney cartoons that were airing during this time just were never really on my radar. I didn't watch Gravity Falls either, and I know that mm-hmm. I would love it, and that's still on my list to watch. So yeah. this was just, you know. I knew that the only thing I knew about this show was that I knew one of the kids had a weird head and <laughs> just I one of knew, them. <laughs> well, I, that's how little I knew about it. And I knew there was like a platypus who I was like, is it, I think he's a detective or something. So like yeah. I, that was my, the extent of any of my Phineas and Ferb knowledge going into this. Yeah. So this is a fun first one to have watched. <laughs> I do have a Phineas Disney infinity figurine and a agent P I guess is what we would call him uh, figurine, but that is, mm. uh, that's about it. That's what I know. <laughs> They're very <laughs> weird in 3D. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> Phineas's head, very bizarre. His eyes, uh, unsettling. Yeah. I'm, I get the sense that they make a lot of jokes about that just based on just this one episode. That I think that's probably yes. the thing. And... This is a show that has many, 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 many running gags. So I imagine that if they made a joke about it in this one, they probably make a joke about it in nearly every episode. (laughs) Yeah. You know what's funny, though? I feel like I don't and I I wish I could like articulate or identify like what is making it happen. But like I could tell when I was running into a running joke, even just watching it, only this like one special. I think what I mean. Yeah. Well, I think it's. um, So you compared this to shows that might be on now that feel random or the random type of humor. I actually, I don't know that Phineas and Ferb feels like that. I think a lot of the stuff that felt out of place were the running gags. Okay. Like, like at one point, I don't know if it's even going to come up necessarily, so I might as well bring it up now. But like the floating baby head, yeah, that's just that a, a running gag. Yeah. So like oh, they put it in gag. because okay. it's a gag. It doesn't make any sense in context. But I think if you were watching the series over and over and over again, it becomes in context simply because it's there a lot. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So I guess the the random humor that I was that I was feeling was for some of the out of context stuff, but also maybe. 
because like the setup for a lot of these things is random because you mm-hmm. know a floating baby head is still random whether it's a running <laughs> gag or not like yes in 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 that sense in the sense that when you like the type of humor that you're thinking of when you think yeah. random humor so mm-hmm. that is interesting though overall since neither one of us are phineas and ferb folks what are your overall thoughts before we like really dig in did you enjoy it like were you vibing oh, yeah. with it yeah i was definitely vibing with it i i liked it better the second watch through yeah i will say the first time because i was because i think i did it does take a second to like check into it but you know part of that is because i don't really watch as many like comedy kids cartoons anymore mm-hmm. uh, i did uh, lots um and it definitely once i kind of got into that vibe of like okay when i was watching like the cartoon cartoons on cartoon network like i get that vibe like I, yeah I, yeah there's just no nostalgia attached for it is the only difference but mm-hmm. once i was in it i was in it because even stuff like uh like i do watch like adventure time and cv universe right. but those are those are there's they're more like they have like like a deeper mythology and they're a little like they're still more serious in a weird way even though they're they can be like hysterically funny. Yeah. Um, and then this obviously is, it's got like a mythology to it, I guess, but it's definitely a comedy first. Mm-hmm. And so it does take a second to like get into that when you haven't been in that sort of world for a long time. But I did, I did end up really liking it and appreciating it. And I think it's a really smartly written show. Yeah. I, I ended up digging it more than I expected to. I was surprised at the pace of it. This isn't a slow show, but it's also not as frantic as I would have expected based on how many cartoons are now. Yeah. And so that was, uh, I don't know that it was anything other than a surprise to me. Just the, the speed of it. I think it was a pleasant speed. Like it was nice not to yeah. be like whipped around. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that was good. And there are probably, if, if you are somebody who did grow up watching Phineas and Ferb or just somebody who watches it now even, there's probably so much stuff in there that like I just didn't even pick up on. Like I sure. think there are probably certain character personality elements that we'll get to that I didn't get. And I, I wonder if they make more sense if you're more familiar with the characters. Um, so yeah. I will be very, very curious if, if you are listening to this and you are very familiar with Phineas and Ferb, don't hesitate to at me and be like well this was funny because this is what this character is always doing or whatever because i don't know how deep i'm going to get into this but i am very curious you know (laughs) yes yes and i do think as a special i imagine they knew that they were going to be getting new viewers to it yeah because i and i get the sense that like they did make it a point to give every character like enough of a moment to be like okay this is this is who this character is this is who this character is like they didn't really they they didn't hone in very closely onto like any particular aspect it seemed like when a crossover is done right where you sort of like they give a taste of every major aspect of of the world um, that they have you know well i can't um, wait to get into it because if that's the case there are some characters that i'm concerned about <laughs> well yeah i guess i say that with a little like I, I should preface that with like it's not always successful yeah but i feel but i get i i feel like that was the intent or the goal or at least like they tried to there definitely feels like some stuff that was on the cutting room floor here too sure that we'll have to dig into because sure yeah well let's talk about how this <laughs> happened how did we get to the point where phineas and ferb were meeting superheroes (laughs) sure sure so Phineas and Ferb was already a Disney channel slash Disney XD show Um, I was running it started about 2007 it ran until 2015 Um, this particular episode was sort of right in the middle of that it was originally created uh, and also show run by Jeff Swampy Marsh and Dave Povenmire both of these guys have like really 
pretty incredible like credits to them. Mm-hmm. So Marsh has been a writer and director on Rugrats, Rocco's Modern Life. He was a background artist on The Simpsons and a storyboard artist on King of the Hill. Uh, I think I read that he was like one of the first storyboard artists to get hired, and he was hired like right off of The Simpsons to to work on King of the Hill. Oh, so wow. that's pretty awesome. Poven Meyer, meanwhile, has been a writer, director, and artist on Rocco's Modern Life, Rugrats, SpongeBob, Hey Arnold, um, and he also was a director slash storyboard artist on Family Guy and huh. a storyboard artist again on The Simpsons. And I just want to call this out because you've mentioned it before. He also had minor storyboard duties on that James Bond Jr. show. Remember yeah. the show where uh-huh. it's his nephew? <laughs> and I think I, I realized, I when I was just like, what is this? And I looked it up a little further and it's just like a whole, like that's a character that exists like as a, like I wouldn't call it a franchise, but like he exists like in other James Bond media too. What? Like it's really, it's really bizarre. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't get James Bond stuff and I don't understand why he's James Bond Jr. if he's his nephew. And the fact that it's such like a show that, Never heard of that's now popped up twice. Like, are we going to have to do a commentary on James Bond uh, Jr.? It's only come up twice. We don't have a rule, but uh, I feel like it <laughs> because I'm yeah. hesitant. I, I It needs to come up more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, doesn't the idea of a James Bond Jr. seem so antithetical to at least your understanding of James Bond? Yeah. It I don't feels know. very antithetical to me. Yeah. I, I don't, don't know. know. Whatever. I guess they mainly want, like, kid spy. Like, I think that's literally all it is. <laughs> yeah. Spy um, Kids before Spy Kids was a thing, I guess. <laughs> oh. Oh, but Spy Kids is so good. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. I w- as you were talking about those credits, I was like, oh, you know, like, uh, specifically with Marsha's credits, I was like, oh, I guess the pacing of the show kind of makes sense because a lot of the stuff that he worked on wouldn't be things you would describe as, like, fast-paced stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But then when you get into Povenmire stuff and you see like SpongeBob and Family Guy on there, that sort of tosses at least a little bit out, out the yeah. window. But <laughs> that probably but do, they probably yeah. check each other in that regard. If one of them is a faster paced writer and the other one's not, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And it is interesting because I, I get I, I'm, I'm not surprised that it's a lot of Nickelodeon credits mm-hmm. with them because I definitely get like a Nickelodeon vibe from from the show more than anything, I think. Well, I get like a Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network, like 90s Cartoon Network vibe too. But like I, I can see the Nickelodeon like threads happening there. Yeah. Which Disney's cartoons have always been kind of weird because Disney's like I feel like if you pick out any given era of like Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network, you're sort of like, yeah, I, I can see sort of the vibe of like those networks from yeah. the groups of shows with, you know, certain outliers always. But of like course. you can generally get like this feels like a Nickelodeon show. This feels like a Cartoon Network show. But like – Disney's never really had – well, I guess aside from, like, Disney Afternoon and, like, One Saturday Morning, which were not Disney Channel. <laughs> those, were both, <laughs> those were both, like, network things. Like, actual Disney Channel original stuff or Disney XD stuff, like, I don't feel like there's ever been, like, a vibe. Like, they've always had a really interesting, like, variety of stuff that they've sure. tried out. I don't know. There's not really anything I'm saying there. It's just kind of an observation. <laughs> but. Yeah, I guess I it, I don't – I guess I'm not very familiar with a lot of Disney – I mean, when you talk about a Nickelodeon vibe uh, or you talk about a Cartoon Network vibe, like I get it. I don't know if I can identify a Disney one and I don't know if that's because I'm not familiar or because what you're saying is, is ringing so true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Oh. It's, well, it's, it's like I'm not – yeah, because when I'm watching, I'm like I'm not surprised that it's a Disney show. It's more like, huh, there isn't really – a Disney vibe, you know, like Kim Possible yeah. and the Proud Family route at the same time. And like, those are two hmm. vastly different cartoons. Yeah. Like, and, you know, and I feel like that's sort of, 
continued since then. So I don't know. I don't, and it could be different now. I don't watch any of the other cartoons on it. So maybe like every Disney XD show is like this, you know, there's the Marvel shows that are all similar, but that's kind of its own thing. But I don't know. Disney, Disney as an entity is, is always like fascinated me, like in what their identity is, the way that it's like compartmentalized in different spaces and cartoon Disney is, is sort of its own unique thing that I don't really have ever fully been able to grasp, I guess. I mean, it could just simply be that they are able to avoid needing a very concrete brand or vibe on their channel because they have the name Disney Channel on it or Disney XD on it, you know? Sure. Or they find it in other, they find it in other places too. Because you do know like the Disney tween sitcom Mm -hmm. like is a thing. So, you know, I guess they don't need, they don't really need it in their animation. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, speaking of other Disney cartoons, uh, both of these guys are working together on the, uh, I guess, current, I believe it's still running, Disney show Milo Murphy's Law, uh, which apparently takes place in the same universe. Like, they have references to Phineas and Ferb, and they've had at least one, cro- like, full-on crossover with them. So I love that. Yeah, good for them. I think that's cool. Yeah. Now, this particular special, if you want to, like, kind of place it in time in the context of the show, this aired during the fourth season. If you look at like a full episode list of when it was produced, you can see list that uh, listed as episode twenty-two of season four and a hundred episode one hundred ninety-six of the whole season. So this or a whole show. Uh, so this show had a, had a very significantly long run. <laughs> uh, if you look it up on Disney Plus, though, you are going to have to look up the special like separately on its own. It's not listed along with the season or yeah, anything. Yeah, I was surprised to learn that this was technically like like I knew that it was considered in universe just from like. A trivia perspective, I was surprised mm-hmm. to realize that this was technically part of the show's, for lack of a better term, like episodic continuity. Like I didn't realize yeah. that it had a place in the episode numbering. I, I don't know how else to say that. But. Yeah, and that's probably I. Th- I think it's more of a technicality, like sure. you know, because they're not like I'm sure they pro- they probably still ran it in in reruns, but just like split it up in half or something. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not like there's, like, significant changes that are going to, like, impact the entire rest of the run of the show. Like, you could pluck it in or out, and it yeah. probably wouldn't affect anything. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it was the very first animated crossover between a Disney show and Marvel characters. Um, I don't know how many of those there have been since then, but this was the first. And since it was in 2013, it's only it was, like, about a year after the Marvel Universe block first launched on Disney XD. So the block that had, like, Ultimate Spider-Man and the Avengers show and stuff. Yeah. This was sort of like their first initial push to be like, Marvel is Disney now, officially. Mm-hmm. I mean, what better <laughs> way to do it, I suppose? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, than to just unabashedly smash something Disney into something Marvel. <laughs> yep. There's nothing subtle about it. <laughs> nope, not at all, not at all. <laughs> they don't try to hide it or anything either, which is fine. Yeah. just This is just was sort of interesting because they did like work – are the, the writers and co-creators of Phineas and Ferb did work with the Marvel writers who were writing the shows at this point because they wanted to kind of adapt their guest characters appropriately. Like, I know, I'm sure that they were fans of the characters already, but there will be things that came up occasionally where they were like, they are playing fast and loose with the rules of the superhero universe because it's a comedy cartoon, right. um, but they didn't want to like deviate too far in some places. So there was a point, which we'll kind of get to it in the plot later, but there's a point where like Iron Man could feasibly 
be expected to start using Thor's hammer. Um, and that was originally like planned, uh, but the Marvel writers actually like made them nix it on the grounds that like that doesn't make sense in the rules of like how Thor's hammer is supposed to work. Yeah. And apparently when they rewrote it, they put that like entire conversation in full into the episode. There's a conversation between <laughs> Iron Man and Thor where, where Iron Man's like asking like, can I do this? Like, can sure. I do this? And Thor's like, nope, nope. Doesn't work like that. Doesn't work yeah. like that. And that's like in the episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I it makes sense, right? Like if that's the explanation they're getting, and it's it's the question is very obviously posed by the circumstances of the episode. Yeah. So why not just explain why it's not going to happen? You know, <laughs> it's it's funny, and they have a good enough like meta meta tone that like yeah, that's the perfect kind of spot to just be like, this is how kind of dumb <laughs> some superhero rules are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to provide some context, this episode. It aired in 2013. The Marvel movies that were happening that same year were Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World. So we weren't like at the point in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where things had sort of opened up into, you know, weirder, less safe territory. (laughs) Yeah. So they they were probably keeping things still very, very tight as far as what they could and couldn't do and what stories or elements they could and couldn't play with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't a movie yet. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it would be very soon after this, though. Yeah, yeah, just the follow, uh, following year. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> so the, the actual episode special, I guess it's just an episode, that we're talking about is Phineas and Ferb Mission Marvel. And the synopsis per IMDb is as follows. When Dr. Doofenshmirtz's latest invention causes the Marvel heroes to lose their powers, they team up with Phineas and Ferb to save the world from Doofenshmirtz and the Marvel villains. Mm-hmm. This originally aired on August 16th, 2013. The credits are interesting for this show because they credit, like, they have their story by credits, and then they also have written and storyboarded by, um, like, they group the storyboarders and the writers together, which I think is really cool, and I kind of hope becomes, like, a precedent in an animation because... Or at least, like, for storyboard-driven shows. Because some shows, like the 90s Spider-Man show, are very writer-driven, where it is very much like the writer's room kind of dictates everything, Mm -hmm. and the animators just kind of have to go based on that script. But there are a lot of other shows, especially comedy ones, and especially, like, the really kind of imaginative like physical comedy ones in particular are are often like storyboard driven. Um, and I think even like Steven Universe, I think is too, um, where it's like the script is kind of written in conjunction with the storyboards or sometimes it's just the storyboards are drawn and then like kind of the dialogue is written around it depending mm-hmm. on how they do it. That's clearly a case in this show, which is very like physical. So they do have a ton of credits and I'm not going to go into all of them. I'm just going <laughs> to kind of pick out a handful of them and just blaze right through them. Yeah. So the story by was by uh, Danny Vitere, Jim Bernstein, Martin Olson, and Scott Peterson. Um, Vitere has written on uh, Metalocalypse and Bloodline, which wow, okay. I but know the, Metalocalypse. Uh, I don't. Do I know Bloodline? Bloodline, Bloodline is a net is like an adult Netflix show about like drugs. So oh. I think no, okay. not drugs. I'm thinking of Narcos, but it is. Oh. <laughs> I think it is a. Ne- I believe it's a Netflix show. Okay, Ugh. that's an adult show. So I like Metalocalypse though. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. Mm-hmm. Bernstein wrote on Homeboys in Outer Space. Big Wolf on Campus, what is Family that? Guy. Oh, Big Wolf on Campus. You've never heard of that? It's so good. No, it's good. it sounds awesome. It's a, it's it's and it's like a it's like a comedy show, but it's really it's uh, we'll have to talk about it. But it's yeah, very yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a great show from the two thousands. Hmm. 
you can't really find it anywhere, but I think they're all on YouTube and like, sure. okay quality, but it's a really like brilliantly written show that was hmm. from Fox family slash ABC family. All right. And it was Canadian. So, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's gotta uh, be good. It's gotta be good. I guess just like That's Maniac Mansion was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Big Wolf on Campus. Highly recommend it. Also wrote on Family Guy and American Dad. Olsen wrote on Rocco's Modern Life, and as well as that recent Static Cling movie and Camp Laszlo. <gasps> oh, I like Camp Laszlo. I've like never that seen one it. A lot. Oh, it's it's charming. Cool, cool. Peterson, meanwhile, wrote on My Life as a Teenage Robot, The Emperor's New School, The Replacements, and this is cool. Wrote or at least co-wrote the Amazing Spider-Man 3D ride at Universal Studios Orlando. What a have you ever been on it? No, I've never been there. Uh. <laughs> so new Patreon goal is pay for us to take a trip to Universal <laughs> Studios Orlando so Doug can ride the Spider-Man ride and we'll okay. do an episode about it and the whole Islands of Adventure Marvel section because it's all yeah. great. Uh, okay, there we go. Yeah. It's out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. That's fascinating, though, just the idea of writing for that. Because, I mean, obviously anything that's story-driven is going to have writers, but there's certain things that you expect people to be writers on, like books or plays or television yeah. shows. And then there's things like The Amazing Spider-Man 3D Ride at Universal Studios. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is It is interesting, right? How many people can say that they wrote for a ride, you know? <laughs> Not that many. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially if it, I mean, yeah, but when you think about it, like especially like at Disney and and Universal Studios, like their rides always have like those really extensive like pre-ride shows, hmm. and 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 even like you know the Spider-Man ride is like it, there's a plot to it as you know it's a it's like an interactive like ride like you're part of huh. like Spider-Man's world while he's fighting like this new version of the Sinister Sticks and everything. So <sighs> it's 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 really cool. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So it's I mean it's it's an entire production. I, you can probably like, watch it online, but obviously that's not as fun as like the experience of being <laughs> right, on the ride. Right. Yeah, yeah. It is fascinating. The written and storyboarded by credits. This is where there's a ton of them. Uh, Kyle Menke, Kim Robertson, Kaz, just one name, Kaz. Hmm. That's cool. Uh, Joe Arancia, Bernie Pedersen, Eddie Pittman, Antoine Gilban, and Joshua Pruitt. All of those people have, like, tons and tons of credits. Like, nobody is without their, like, 90s and 2000s, like, street cred and cartoons. Like, mm-hmm. all, And it's a lot of places that you would expect across Nickelodeon Cartoon Network. Sure. Um, but one note, Kyle Menke did work on the MTV Spider-Man show. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Some Spider-Man cred in there. Yeah, yeah. A couple bits of Spider-Man cred. It's pretty cool. These episodes were, or uh, this special, rather, was directed by Robert Hughes and Sue Parado. Um, Hughes was a director on The Angry Beavers and The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, and in the art department on Rocco's Modern Life, Rugrats, Invader Zim, and Family Guy. See a lot of the same credits there. Mm-hmm. Parado's interesting, because she oh. was a director on Daria, huh. Celebrity Deathmatch. Huh. <laughs> right? Um, Sheep in the Big City, which is a very underrated Cartoon Network show, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, and Megas XLR. I don't know that one. Oh, really? It's yeah, That's a good one. That was... um. It was like towards the end of uh, of Cartoon Network's like dominance, so it kind of okay. got the shaft and got huh. canceled. But it's really cool. It's a it's a giant robot like action show. Like it's like it two, sounds like it. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, but it's like with two like slacker dudes like getting oh. access to like alien hmm. uh, alien robot technology and fight aliens in their giant robots. Okay, it's, sounds uh, awesome really to me. Really cool. It's <laughs> and it's beautifully animated too. Huh. All right. Yeah. Well, she sounds rad. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
obviously there are a ton of characters introduced and spotlighted in this special. Uh, we're not going to touch upon everybody, but we would be remiss not to it. At the very least, mention that Phineas and Ferb are portrayed by Vincent Martella and Thomas Brody Sangster. Uh, Vincent Martella, you might know also from Everybody Hates Chris. He's a friend named Greg. And Thomas Sangster was Newt in the Maze Runner series. And also a character named Jojen. Is that how you say that? Hojin? Hohen? What? Jojen in Game of Thrones. Wow. I did not realize. Wow. Okay. Because yeah. I recognize that kid from other stuff too. Dang. Yeah, I recognize Tom Sangster just by face. I didn't recognize uh, Vincent Martella. But Vincent Martella, I think, well, I didn't watch Everybody Hates Chris, so that's one thing. But uh, does a lot of, like, most of his stuff is voice stuff, I think. And a lot of it is just Phineas and Ferb stuff or stuff within the same universe. Nice, nice. As far as other uh, characters from the Phineas and Ferb side of things, the only one that I think is worth highlighting specifically on our show for our purposes is Perry the Platypus is voiced by D. Bradley Baker, um, who we have talked about before during our coverage of the Spectacular Spider-Man series, uh, where he voices Dr. Kurt Connors, and also Marvel Rising, where he voices Tippy Toe, the squirrel. Uh, and if you would like to hear more about that, those are our episodes 13 and 19, respectively. It's so funny. He just he keeps playing animal. Like, does Perry even make any noises in this episode? Like, I feel like he's completely. He doesn't even make like grunting uh, noises. I I don't even know that Perry makes as much noise as Tippy did, and Tippy didn't make that much noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember being surprised that he was voicing a squirrel. Uh, so to voice Perry, who who barely makes any noise, like that's part of what I think is funny is that he doesn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of wild. Yeah. <laughs> How do I get that job? Uh, right. <laughs> uh, this Spider-Man is the one portrayed by Drake Bell, who we have talked about just sort of casually, but we haven't actually covered anything with Drake Bell's voice in it. So just a brief Drake Bell thing. He's of Drake and Josh fame. It's that Drake. <laughs> uh, and he voices Peter Parker and Spider-Man in Ultimate Spider-Man and the series that are connected to it via the shared universe. That we're going to talk about in just a moment. Uh-huh. You know, I, uh, I've i seen Drake Bell in concerts. <laughs> Have you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that has not I, uh, come up. Nope. He, uh, he was at the Virginia State Fair in uh it this it was it was when i was an adult it was like 2011 or 2012 or something well there's a Um, couple things there when it's a state fair like you could see anybody like whoever's there i feel like you're gonna see right well mm, you still have to like make it a point to go to the little concert section and see it and i went with my sister is it like a separate event though, or like if you're no, at it's the, like, it's fair, still part you're of the go. fair, like you don't have to buy separate tickets. So like okay. you know, if you're gonna ever see Drake Bell in concert, like that's the best possible place to do it because sure. you're already there anyway. And it was fun because there were so many like screaming teen girls, like teen <laughs> girls there, which yeah. to be expected, obviously. Like I'm not right. surprised by right. that or anything. But it was fun. It's you know for a state fair show. He was a yeah. he's a good he's a good singer. He's a good musician. Yeah, I like no, him. I I don't doubt it. He's a talented guy. He seems like a, yeah. He seems like a, a talented rad dude so yeah I, and i think he makes a good spider-man i'm actually really excited to get to watch stuff that he voices because i i like him as spider-man a lot i think he at least too. from I the remember, little bit i've seen i remember when i first heard of his casting i was like i'm sad that spectacular spider-man got canceled in favor of his <laughs> <Sure>. show but <laughs> that's a brilliant casting choice yeah. especially if they're gonna try to like halfway stunt cast or anything like that's like he he's a fantastic yeah. voice for spider-man 
it's the kind of voice that I I wouldn't want this, but I could see them being like, you know what, Drake Bell just kind of is our go-to, you know, and I, I wouldn't have been surprised if that was the type of casting that lasted over multiple series. I don't mm. think they do that with Spider-Man, but it's the kind of voice that I wouldn't have been surprised to have that be done with. Yeah. Well, even like Robbie Damon came after him, and I think that Robbie Damon sounds a lot like is doing a lot of a similar performance to the type that Drake Bell puts on, and he has sure. kind of a similar voice to it too. So I feel like even if they didn't get him back specifically, they're definitely trying to sort of continue with the same vibe that he has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. All right. So that shared universe I mentioned uh, Nick Fury, Thor, Iron Man, and Hulk are the other Marvel heroes in this show, and it makes a lot of sense when you realize that there's a shared universe among a number of shows that were on this block that you mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. So those characters, Fury, Thor, Iron Man, and Hulk, are portrayed by Chi McBride, Travis Willingham, Adrian Pastor, and Fred Tatashori, respectively, uh, in the animated universe comprising the series Ultimate Spider-Man, Avengers Assemble, Agents of Smash, and Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that's all of them. <laughs> I believe so, too. Yeah, and they came out like at different times, but I think that yeah. is ultimately all of them. But those are all part of the same universe. So all four of those actors have appeared in multiple entries in that universe. So like mm. Chi McBride is Nick Fury in at least three of those shows, you know? <laughs> and here's what's, here's what's weird, though. And I'm going to be excited that way in like 2027 when we finally get to it. (laughs) The some of those shows have continued since Ultimate Spider-Man have been canceled and they Uh relaunched Marvel Spider-Man. So like they've crossed over with both Spider-Man universes, but Mm -hmm. like just have treated him like I don't actually I don't really know if they've like reintroduced him or if they've just been like, you're the Spider-Man we've always known because like Guardians of the Galaxy definitely very recently i think it's still ongoing had like yeah. an episode with the new spider-man in it so it's like <laughs> very strange <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't even know how we're gonna keep all that straight <laughs> i don't know well, that's for the future we're not there yet not <laughs> thinking about keep, it <laughs> keep uh keep procrastinating on that one <laughs> yes so as far as those four guys go uh adrian pastar uh also appeared in the live action series heroes and agents of shield Uh, So you might recognize him from those. Travis Willingham uh, is also set to voice Thor in the upcoming Marvel's Avengers video game, which at the time of this recording is not yet out, but I am very excited for. Cool. And we've previously talked about him and Fred Tatashori uh, during our coverage of Marvel Disc Wars, where they portrayed these same characters in the very elusive English language dub of that anime. Uh, And we talked about that in our episode 20. Mm Mm-hmm. Tatashori also voices Hulk in the 2017 anime Marvel Future Avengers, which, as we record this, was just added recently to Disney+. Plus. Yes, why that's on Disney+, Plus and Marvel Disc Wars isn't on uh. Disney+, Plus yet, <laughs> drives me crazy. I know. Uh, just add whatever you got. If you didn't do it all, that's fine. I don't care. Just add what you've got. I know. I know. <laughs> no, I want to watch it so bad. Uh, I know. As for the uh, <laughs> as for the villains in this, we get Red Skull, Modok, Venom, and Whiplash, and they are portrayed by Liam O'Brien, Charlie Adler, Danny Trejo, Jeez and Louise. Peter Stormare, respectively. So yeah, you heard that right. Danny Trejo is Venom in this show. You would never guess it either. Nope. It doesn't sound like him at all. Nope. I wouldn't have guessed that at all. Yeah. And this is the only time he does it because O'Brien and Adler are regular members in this universe. 
Danny Trejo and Peter Stormare are not. They just voiced those characters for this special. Wow. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. So how did how did how did that, that happen? happen? How did yeah. you get Danny Trejo to voice Venom in one forty-five minute special? Right. And like, why would you ever think of Danny Trejo to voice Venom? Like, I'm glad that they did because well, he puts yeah. on a, a really cool voice for it. But like, how? Who knew that <laughs> he could do know. that? Like, so I want to. Yeah, I want to know the story behind that. Me too. Uh, and finally we get narration and a stan lee cameo voiced by the man himself stan lee yes 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 i like that it's it's even more than a yeah like it's the stan lee cameo but then he like keeps popping up over and over again yeah calling it a cameo is like not doing it justice he's like a a a recurring character within the 45 minutes yeah it's really funny i almost i almost wonder if that was like an intentional joke because it's just like yeah he's the guy that pops up for a scene and then he pops up again and then he pops up again. And then there's a voiceover. And then he pops up again. <laughs> I mean, if you have him, you know. Right. They Especially if he probably great. had to do multiple different takes based on like, well, we might want to do this. We might want to do that. So let's record all of that. And then if it's all good, why not use all of it? You know? Yeah. 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 Definitely. They, they use them very well. I, I, yeah. I, I really like how they use them in this. Yeah. I was pleased. I was very pleased. Mm-hmm. So this uh, this special, I like that it, it opens with almost a riff on the like Avengers music a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's it. That's but it's cool that they're uh, that they're just starting it right off the bat, <laughs> being kind of unabashedly like utilizing those elements. Yeah, they they give us like a title screen that that has a crossover element on both sides right off the bat. I mean, they have Phineas and Ferb playing the theme song, like the Avengers twist theme song, basically, right? Mm. And then Spider-Man pops in and does a Phineas and Ferb joke. <laughs> yes, so it's yes. it's very cool. It's it's a good way to just sort of kick it right off. Yes. Yes. The episode itself mm-hmm. opens in the wildest way I could have ever imagined. <laughs> <laughs> because it opens and this is where like not being familiar with the show allowed for the show to smack me in the face so many times. <laughs> Just with like absolute total blindsides because this opens with Fini- the characters Phineas Flynn and Ferb Fletcher, uh, along with their friends Baljeet, Buford, and Isabella, surfing on a wave of asteroids in actual space. Yes. And it's a, it's like a musical <laughs> sequence too. Like there's a song happening. Yeah. So they're like dancing and they're like back, like the space backgrounds are changing. Like it's uh-huh. like so weird, and I yeah, love and it. Yeah, and it's like a it's like a Beach Boys kind of riff song. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> it's uh, I didn't expect this to be a musical either. <laughs> no, totally. I, I had no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> and it's not like uh, it's not super over the top musical. There's like probably four very notable musical numbers, mm-hmm. but it's it starts with one. Uh, I love that yeah. it's a, be- a Beach Boys reference uh i love that it's absolutely bonkers right off the bat i don't know maybe every episode starts with them sort of doing something wild uh i'm not really sure what the structure is but yeah uh that's how this one starts uh they're (laughs) dancing in space sometimes they're playing guitars in space and ferb even does a little bit of meditation in space so you know they get a lot (laughs) done up there (laughs) yep (laughs) um when they return to their space station which looks like phineas's head and um, ferb's head there's like a little side thing that's a little Ferb shaped. I didn't even notice that. Mm-hmm. Okay. They don't really talk about it because Ferb has a more normal-ish looking head. <laughs> mm, sure. But there's like a wing of the space station that's a Ferb head. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
cool. Well, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they land on the space station. They're preparing to go back to Earth in Danville. We learn that Perry, a.k.a. Agent P, has been captured by Dr. Doofenshmitz. Doofenshmitz. Yeah, that's going to happen We're going to have to say it like 60 times, dude. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Doofenshmirtz, right? Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of letters in there. Dr. Doof, Dr. D. Dr. Doofenshmirtz, right? Yeah. Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Yes. We got this. Yeah. Dr. (laughs) Doofenshmirtz, he tells, uh, he's captured Agent P and tells him all about the new power draininator he built in order to steal his brother's mayoral powers, um, which is apparently a running gag that his brother's the mayor and he wants to also be mayor Ah. and like raise taxes and stuff. So (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, one, I love that Doofenshmirtz is apparently like super pro taxes, but also that he builds a machine to drain powers that drain powers that are not like superpowers (laughs) or like genetically like enhanced powers, just like powers granted to you by the city. (laughs) (laughs) Which comes into play. It's a great, that makes the plot point make sense for like how it drains the powers in the way that it does mm-hmm. it's really brilliant actually yeah yeah it's so funny it's so good <laughs> <laughs> well before he can actually like activate this because he's kind of like trained i think basically on like city hall he's like ready to go with it but before he can actually activate his power draininator he punctures a hydraulic hose that he's using to keep agent p in captivity with a very comically sized pair of scissors uh, that he will use once he has mayor powers uh, to cut all the red ribbons, he says. <laughs> and now that Agent P is free, he destroys the power draininator and then runs off. So the power draininator is broken. Yes. But despite being smashed, a piece of the power draininator fires off into space. It, like, bounces off of a satellite dish on Phineas and Ferb's space station and then hits the ground in New York City where a bunch of Marvel superheroes are fighting. Um, which then we get like a bit to like a few minutes earlier where we see what was happening with this battle basically before yeah. the, before this ray hits them. Yeah, this is another musical. Well, it's not like a musical number in the conventional sense, but this is one. It's another song. Like there's a you can like look up a list of the songs. This one I didn't even notice at the time because there's like so much action happening. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't really stand out all that much, but uh but the action is cool. Like they just yeah. kind of it, – it's very fast-paced in this show because I think it's it it's much more cartoony than than the shows themselves I'm, I'm certain are. Uh, so it ends up being sort of frantic in a, in a funny way on, on purpose. It is. But it's 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 frantic in a, in a way that I think works for it because like oh, yeah. you can focus your attention on any like one little area of the screen and there's – everybody's doing something really distinct. Yes. Yes. Like Venom is like so well drawn in this, like the way that he moves so fluidly and everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's so it's so good. I mean, yeah. everybody everybody is like the, the it, everything's like really fluid, but especially like because they emphasize his like ooze like black ooze kind of nature. So they do a lot of really fun stuff with his body, just like going full on like uh, squash and stretch with him. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the villains are very cool. So I mean, we get. Spider-Man, Iron Man, Thor, and Hulk all together. I mean, they're they're pretty much all together for the entire episode. There's no real lead up to it. Um, aside from like one comment about Spider-Man being late, I think. Mm-hmm. And they are just like beating the crap out of Venom, Whiplash, Red Skull, and MODOK in the middle of New York City. <laughs> yeah, which, what a weird assortment of characters. <laughs> I know, because it's not even one-to-one, right? Like, no. You get Spider-Man, Venom. You get Iron Man, Whiplash. But then Captain America's not in this, which, by the way, is kind of bizarre. It- is but i guess i wonder how they decided i'm 
I, they probably were like, you got to put Spider-Man, but we can't have too many. I don't know how you end up sacrificing yeah. Captain America. I don't know. I, I think it was, I feel like it had to be a rule of comedy kind of thing because yeah. the clash of personalities that they have with yeah. these four is good. And the power swapping stuff is, getting, oh, is stuff is good. Cause yeah. if Captain America lost his powers, like what, like, what is that? Like you would just be, it wouldn't be any different than the Hulk yeah. losing his powers. So good like, point. yeah. And I think, it, yeah, it, it works. And, and it you don't really need another Hulk in a limited number situation, I think than Captain America. Yeah. It <laughs> just makes, as like it, a cartoon character. Exactly. It's, it's funny when Hulk is just like, having to just be like a regular guy, but still in like a giant green body. Like it's, uh, yeah. it's good. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. And they don't need him. Like they don't need another straight man in the group right. either. Right. So yeah, they're all, they're all fighting and fighting just before the drainator strikes. So when it does, like the villains aren't really sure what's up. Like it, it only hits the heroes and the villains like don't really understand what's going on. So they scurry away. Um, just figuring it's their chance to escape because the heroes were giving them the beat down. Mm-hmm. Once the the ray stops, the the heroes very quickly realize that they have no powers, um, or the powers have been drained. So <laughs> this this and the this is where like the explanation of how the drainator works actually like plays into it because it like it literally just drains like the essence of power. So like uh-huh. Spider Man doesn't seem to be able to use his web shooters. Hulk is still in his like green giant body. He just like doesn't have strength or anything. Yeah. And the best part of this is that. <laughs> It drains the the power out of Iron Man's suit, so he's right. so it's just like a regular dude just inside of like a very heavy metal suit that he can't move because it's too heavy and powered down. <laughs> it's so goofy, but it's smart at the same time. It's so yeah. weird. It's so weird. <laughs> right. But yeah, so then you end up yeah, like you said, this is just like a regular guy in a, a suit that can't move. So they have to like basic he's just like a talking statue like mm-hmm. a sentient statue <laughs> right well and i love that he's like just kind of just kind of annoyed throughout it like he's uh-huh. just kind of and it's never like he never gets like upset about it or mad about it it's just like yeah. well can someone at least get me a furniture dolly like he uh-huh. doesn't really like he isn't really that bothered by this situation <laughs> uh, he must well i guess if you're wearing an iron man suit all the time you're probably not all that claustrophobic to begin with That's but true. what a horrible situation <laughs> I know he even makes a joke like it what like like pretty soon after this where it's just like I wish I didn't have that second cup of coffee this morning. Uh, it's like, oh god, nightmare. <laughs> yeah, he's peeing in the suit. <laughs> Yikes. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously they need to figure out what's going on with them, so they decide that their next course of action is to head to Shield to see if they can figure it out. Meanwhile, back in Danville, uh, Phineas Ferb and company return to the backyard just before Candace can successfully tattle on them to their mom. And if you are not a Phineas and Ferb viewer, this is a an every episode thing where Candace attempts to tattle on Phineas and Ferb for whatever outlandish thing they're doing, uh, but she never seems to succeed at that because they clean up or all the stuff goes away just in time. So, yeah. Oh, did you know... It's the mom barely appears in this, but did you know that she is voiced by uh, Carolyn Ray from Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Yeah, yeah. yeah so the mom is Caroline Ray, and uh, the the uh, Candace is Ashley Tisdale, actually. Yeah. So big, big names. <laughs> yeah. And I I don't remember who the dad is voiced by, but he has literally one line in this whole yeah. whole forty five minutes. So <laughs> not surprised. I don't remember. Uh, he talks. Sure. 
only just barely less than Ferb does. <laughs> and it's for like one joke, so. <laughs> yes. yes, good joke. Though. Yeah, yeah, it is a good joke. Well, yeah, so at S.H.I.E.L.D., the heroes are kind of trying to figure out their power loss. And they learn from Nick Fury, who <laughs> has just been, like, standing in the corner waiting for them. And Spider-Man uh-huh. even calls him out. He's like, have you just been standing there this whole time? <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Waiting for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Nick Fury informs them that the power draining beam originated in Danville. So then we cut back again to uh, Dr. Doofenshmirtz's HQ, uh, or Doofen, yeah, Doofensh- Dr. D's HQ, where he <laughs> learns that the single firing of the Draininator hit a group of superheroes in New York. So he's feeling pretty cool about that. And he, he thinks that they have been drained into his, like, special canisters that he has. But before he checks those uh, and, and takes all of the powers for himself, he decides to update his blog. Uh, to <laughs> announce that he is responsible for the superhero's drained powers, uh. which is one of those things that I'm just like, oh, it's a funny little random joke, but it actually like com- comes into play yeah. very shortly after. But yeah, and his 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 robot manservant who says, "Okie dokie." Uh, uh, spider bite reference. Spider bite reference. <laughs> yes. Alert. Listen alert. To our. Uh, <laughs> I'm the, triggered. What, <laughs> on our on our Patreon, uh, Spider Bite on the canceled uh, slash unmade Spider Man films, the first episode, and you'll get that reference. Uh, I'm having <laughs> Now that's what I call an experiment. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this Okie Dokie Man servant, he points out that like, hey, the canisters are empty. Uh oh, maybe you should retract that blog post. Um, but Doofenshmirtz is like, nah, everybody exaggerates on the internet. It's I fine. love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. Doofenshmirtz, so true. <laughs> you know, it's I. we should have mentioned, I don't know why I didn't mention this, but Doofenshmirtz is voiced by one of the creators of the show. Mm. Um, he's voiced by, um, I want to make sure I get the right one, but he is voiced by Dan Povenmire. Uh, and then Swampy Marsh actually voices the major, who we haven't met yet. But they both do uh, voice regular characters on the show, which is pretty cool. Love it. Yeah, yeah. So at Red Skull's castle, the villains learn that they ran away from the superheroes at the worst time ever because they've learned that the superheroes' powers were being drained when they were running away. But they vow to correct the mistake because the superheroes still don't have their superpowers. So they just need to go back and <laughs> beat them up, I guess. Uh, and Modok shares that he knows what happened. And he knows exactly where the powers are and how they can get them. And that is Doofenshmirtz because Doofenshmirtz posted about it on the internet. Uh, so they decide they must go to Danville. They must road trip to Danville to visit Doofenshmirtz and get the stolen superpowers. Yes. So back at the back at the Flynn Fletcher household, Phineas and Ferb's mom announces that she's going on a walking tour of the tri-state area and yes. leaves. I love the how I know that this is like a running gag, but I love how consistently everyone refers to the tri-state area. I know it's I love constant. That. I love I love that was just like that phrase. Right. And how do you do a walking tour of the entire tri-state area? It's so good. It's so, good. It's so funny. <laughs> And, of course, she leaves Candace in charge. Also, Perry's back. (laughs) Yeah, he's just there. Where was Perry? Oh, there he is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like that, too. Yes. So the villains arrive at Doofenshmirtz's HQ. My one complaint is that they didn't actually road trip. Uh, Not even like a road trip montage. 
They said the word road trip, and I was so excited for a road trip. Oh, yeah. But they yeah. did not. They didn't actually road trip. Yeah. They just sort of, like, elevated down onto his tower. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I could have seen this special been, like, an actual, like, 60 to 90 minute special, honestly. Yeah. No, I think so. They've got so many good things to work with um, yeah. that they could, have, they could have extended certain pieces, and I still would have been entertained. Yeah, absolutely. Either way, yeah, so they arrive at um, at Doofenshmirtz HQ, and they were like, we need to see your devices. <laughs> and there's a... They make fun of Red Skull's accent constantly. Yes. It's like every time he's talking, like, no one understands anything he says, like, at least the first time. Like, every time he starts talking, it's like everybody just has, like, ears full of Limburger cheese. They have no idea what he's saying, and he has to say it like three times almost every time. And I yeah. laughed like every time. I don't yeah. know why. It's so obvious and predictable and I was but still cracking up. I think it was brilliant to have Red Skull in this for yes. one because you're not going to see him that often in, in, in a lot of stuff just because of like the type of character he is. But also like he is such a serious like straight man kind of character yes. just in every way. And like he so does not fit into this world like yes. one bit. I was thinking about that because the, the the guy who voices him in this is the guy who voices him in this whole universe. So for this, he's doing like full-blown comedy. I mean, I guess he's he's not the one that's necessarily like cracking jokes, but he still has to set it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. He does say a lot of funny stuff, yeah. though. That's, like, it's yeah, like, that's you, do not, you do not fit in the shotgun position. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. So like he's still doing things and saying things that are so outside the realm of what he would normally be doing in this universe, right. or at least in the superhero universe. And so it's it's I love that it's the same person. What a weird experience that probably was. Yeah, it had to be fun though. Oh, for he just sure. Gets to just scream in his German accent like the whole time. <laughs> That's literally all he does. Yes. Like it's it's great. Yes. <laughs> Schwass your devices. What? <laughs> yeah. What? What are you, what are you what talking are you about? And then I love that Doofenshmirtz even like turns to the other villains <laughs> and is yeah. like, "Did any of you get that? None of them. None of them have any idea." <laughs> So good. <laughs> Doofenshmirtz does show them his devices once he figures out what Red Skull is saying. But, like, all of his devices are just, like, the Slothinator ray that would make give him the powers of the sloth to uh-huh. eat a lot of leaves, but slowly. <laughs> yes. I love that he even refers to them all as his anators or his nators. Yes. Like, just depending. Like, they're not machines. They're not devices. They're not weapons. They're all anators. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it's weird. really good. <laughs> uh, he has an oatmeal to porridge-inator. He has a waffle-inator, a multi-helio-tactical baboon-glominator, which, as he <laughs> says, is self-explanatory. <laughs> and a disintegrator-inator. <laughs> yep. I kind of love Doofenshmirtz. Oh, I do too. It's great. He's like a wholesome, he's like a wholesome supervillain. Yes. I didn't think I was going to like him. And and I had no basis for that other than just whatever my very uninformed assumption of what the show was going to be. I was like, ah, Doofenshmirtz seems kind of dumb, but I kind of love him. I think he's so funny. Well, there's, you know, there's a million, like, well, he's a doofy mad scientist. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not, like, that's an easy thing to do. But I think it, I think, like, he's not stupid. He's just, like, too naive for his own good. Like, and too, like, weirdly, like, nice for his own good, even though he's, like, still evil in a lot of ways. Like, it's really, it's a nice little balance. Yeah. 
It's perfect. It's a, it's a good it's a good setup against these villains too because like when he shows them his slothinator, they kind of like they can't decide if he's just like a bonehead or if he's actually a genius. They kind of go back and forth for a, like a hot second where they're like this guy's an idiot and then someone else I don't remember is like or He's just that smart. Like, it's so <laughs> yeah. funny. Like, yeah, I can't like figure out if he's just like an eccentric genius or not. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> it's good. It's good. Well, back at uh, uh, at Phineas and Ferb's home, the superheroes um, arrive there uh, wanting to know how Phineas and Ferb stole their superpowers. And- <laughs> Um, <laughs> they, and they do their little running gag where Iron Man's like, aren't you a little young to be stealing superpowers? And Phineas is like, yes, yes, I would be if I, but I didn't do it. <laughs> Swerve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like that. They, it's funny. They, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. knows just enough to go to Phineas and Ferb's house, but they don't know enough to know that Phineas and Ferb don't have their powers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, and I like that. I think that's smart. Right. Because it, it, it creates sort of a mystery throughout the whole episode of like, wait, what actually happened here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one really not... knows where the powers are. Right, right. And no one, I mean, no. And it's like, it's it's an obvious answer, I guess. But it's, uh you know, they it's it helps like <laughs> up the stakes. You know, I don't know. For... Not going to lie. I had no idea where the powers were. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It was like, where did they go? <laughs> Doofenshmirtz doesn't have them. You know, I, was, I don't know. I was just along for the ride, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got duped yeah. by the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's all well written. I mean, yeah. I didn't, I just, I didn't really just, I didn't really think about it that much, to be honest. And, and, and then it just happened. It's just like, oh, yeah. that makes sense. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like a big, like, uh, twisty reveal or anything. It's not like it was, uh, like, uh, oh, no. Uh, but right, I, I right. it's not like I had figured it out. <laughs> right. Right. Well, either way, before they can kind of think through all of this, uh, Candace interrupts their conversation and immediately becomes starstruck by the superheroes. Beautiful line delivery by Ashley Tisdale. <laughs> Where she's like, <laughs> yeah. she's telling them like, well, mom's not here and I'm in charge, but I'm actually going to go to so-and-so's house for the whole day. It's so over the top. Yeah, it's great. It's good. Everybody on this is so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The comedic timing on it is really good. I don't know why I would expect anything else, but everyone's so Yeah, good. yeah. Oh, I like, uh, um, there's like the the casual, like they they all get juice, all the heroes get juice boxes from, from the kids. <laughs> yes. And like Hulk can't get the straw <laughs> through the box. Oh, so relatable. <laughs> so relatable. But then there's just a brief, brief little bit of Spider-Man's just like, it's okay, Hulk, uh, calm blue ocean. And then just like puts it in for him. <laughs> like it's so like casually thrown out, like the things that are like uh... big calming moments for him uh, like yeah. in, in other media it's just like you know that thing to calm down it's, it's fine yeah <laughs> yeah they do they throw a lot of both phineas and ferb and marvel references uh into this show i'm sure there's so many like phineas and ferb things we didn't get and then i imagine like sure. people who only watch phineas and ferb were like not picking up on certain marvel things either yeah which is cool it makes it something that you can kind of watch over and over and, and discover new references yeah yeah definitely so we cut to his own presumably secret headquarters, I guess, where uh, Perry in his Agent P persona is. Um, he receives a mission from Nick Fury, the mission being to monitor the situation in Danville while the superheroes are powerless. <laughs> this whole sequence is so good. It's good. It's what's the uh, what's the name? The 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 leader 
guy it's, that's... I, it's the major, but I don't know his oh, full okay. name. It's like major oh, something matters. something. Yeah, the major is really funny. Cause... Yes! It's <laughs> <laughs> so and funny. It's really funny because basically you have like Nick Fury on one screen, the major on like an old black and white TV for some reason. <laughs> and... and they act like they can see each other in relation to where their screens are. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not like they're yes. looking into cameras. It's like they're looking from their screen to the screen next to them. It's so it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know Perry doesn't talk, so he's just silent the entire time. While Fury and the Major are both sort of like giving instructions, but then also there's this dynamic where the Major is like trying to impress Nick Fury, <laughs> basically, and so like it'll he'll be normal, and then it'll cut away, and then it'll cut back to him, and he has like an eye patch on. <laughs> yes. It's just like. Uh, I have I have a sty, <laughs> like. <laughs> but there's also like a void. Like the major has an assistant or something who's like calling from the background, like yeah. blowing up his spot. And he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I need this. I definitely yeah. was wearing this. <laughs> yes, it's so good. And then I cut away, and then cut back, and he has two eye patches on. <laughs> So stupid. But my favorite uh, thing about it is like Nick Fury's like exasperated reaction, and and eventually he's just like. I'm just going to pretend this is all going really well. Yes. And then goes on to the exposition. <laughs> uh, what a good dynamic. Uh, God, they do like the clash of worlds so well in yeah. this. It's so yeah. funny. They really do. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very skilled. They nailed it. <laughs> yes. So uh, this is where we get Doofenshmirtz actually showing off all of those anators after seeing this Lothinator. And then uh, Red Skull basically says, like, okay, enough. We want to see the power drainator. Like, we want to see the thing that actually took the powers away. Where are the powers? And that's where it's revealed to the villains that the drainator was actually destroyed. So they decide, well, we need to build a new drainator, obviously. But Doofenshmirtz insists that they have errands to run first. And the villains <laughs> needing him begrudgingly agree to go on the errands. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> And I can't you can't call out every single joke that happens in this because they're all so good. But I really like particularly made a note of Modoc not being able to go through doors <laughs> and proclaiming that Danville is the town of small doors. Yes, Modoc in general in this whole thing is it's like so good. like because we can't yeah we can't call out everything he says. Like you have to just watch it because Modoc is outrageous. It, it's so good. It it's is. So they do him so well because it's <laughs> he's and he's one sort of like the Red Skull where he's always like very serious and mm-hmm. not not trying to be funny ever. Right. But he but the difference between him and Red Skull is that like he looks so fucking ridiculous. Yes. Like like he looks so ridiculous and like you know you kind of just have to get past that in the in the world of the comics. But in this show, it's like everyone's commenting on it clearly how oh, yeah. weird he looks. Well, and we <laughs> this 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 episode at least I don't know if the show regularly does, but it doesn't do like a lot of cutaway humor or anything like that. But mm-hmm. we do get one when Doofenshmirtz sees Modok for the first time. And he's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, big head, tiny arms. I tried that in the '90s." And then they like <laughs> cut away to a flashback of just Doofenshmirtz looking like Modok and running into walls. <laughs> So weird. What is weird? (laughs) So weird. (sighs) So Modok is a treasure uh, all the time, but especially in this. Yes, and I like the little quick little reference where uh, Red Skull's getting mad at uh, at Doctor D, and he's like, "Is your head gonna burst into flames, or am I thinking (laughs) of something else?" (laughs) Oh, it's wonderful. Truly, truly wonderful. So Phineas and Ferb end up taking their group, uh, the superheroes, to their secret hideout for emergency defense, a.k.a. the Shed. 
And uh, I love the shed. There's a really good good uh, reference to Doctor Who that they can't make too directly, where the mm-hmm. shed is much larger on the inside, and Ferb explains that it's some classic British sci-fi technology, <laughs> uh, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the shed, Iron Man is like, stunned and he he offers Phineas and Ferb an internship and they're like eh we've got stuff going on <laughs> and then <laughs> which is great uh and yeah. then Candace rolls up and is like oh my gosh superheroes you should read my fanfic and they do you know uh they shut that down real quick yeah well they do the the what like actual writers do and they're like we're not allowed to accept unsolicited yeah. material <laughs> <laughs> it's so good yeah. it's so good ah oh, yeah i love it i love it i love it i love it yeah. Uh, really just further cementing the fact that Candace is like a total superhero nerd in this uh-huh. uh, in this show, which is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, the, the major thing is that they're going – Phineas and Ferb and, and his friends are going to begin working on a device to restore the superhero's powers. Yes. That doesn't matter because like the best – my favorite oh, part of this whole thing. my <laughs> god. This is <laughs> undoubtedly the greatest song in this whole 45 minutes. Yeah, and the greatest scene in this whole forty-five minutes, and the greatest it's thing so... I've watched in forty-five years. Like, it's so it's good, so <laughs> funny. It's so funny. <sighs> I can't. I mean, describing it isn't going to do it justice because it's no. a montage. It's a montage sequence, right? Right. It's a montage sequence with a song called "My Evil Buddies and Me." <laughs> that is Doofenshmirtz and the four villains, um, the four very serious villains. Just doing what Doofenshmirtz considers his, like, evil errands. Uh-huh. Which involve things like ripping up parking tickets, playing in the ball pit, <laughs> knocking over ice cream cones, <laughs> stomping on flowers, stealing coins, <sighs> knocking over Vespa scooters, and TPing houses. I love <laughs> that the gang, like, it's it's... A, a row of Vespa scooters, but it's like a biker gang. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I yes. love it. Well, love and it. what's so great is that everybody's reaction, the reactions of like the citizens that this is in the, I don't know, victims of all this that's happening to you yeah. are so good because all of them are, have the exact same, just like mildly annoyed face. Like they just kind of stare silently and like their yep. eyebrows lower and like, yeah. that's it. And it's so perfect. <laughs> Oh, it's great. Yeah, Doofenshmirtz is, like, having the time of his life being, like, a bad boy. (laughs) And, like, everybody who's annoyed, like, can't say anything because he's got, like, actual supervillains behind him. But they're just, like, kicking things over and, like, stealing hot dogs from Stan Lee. (laughs) Like, it's just, like, it's (laughs) so goofy. It's, it's so good. So, even like Stan Lee has a face like Venom steals it and his and oh my god, his his like annoyed face. Cause it's just like they it's I don't know. It's just so perfect it's perfectly timed and it's yeah. just like it's just the perfect amount of reaction because it's not like too underplayed uh. and it's not too overplayed. It's just like the 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 contrast of like the the wild ridiculousness of their like musical sequence versus uh. everyone in the rest of the world just being like, <sighs> well, <laughs> it's truly wonderful. It's truly, truly wonderful. I, I'm going to be watching that, that sequence for like so many, funny. many, many years to come. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's truly wonderful. Yeah. I can't recommend it enough. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't, I mean, you should go back and watch this because it's actually really funny. I was laughing a lot watching it uh, and yeah. very much enjoyed it. But if you don't, if you're like, eh, not for me, just watch that sequence. It's so good. Yeah. It's <sighs> fantastic. 
garage. We're perpetrating misdemeanors. We're stealing bags from vacuum cleaners. We're the jerks who stole all those wieners from that guy. My evil buddies and I. Hello, amazing friends. We'd just like to take a minute to give a special thank you to our spectacular and up patrons, Gemma Nicole, Katie, and Chris. And if you are interested in becoming a patron, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. We have three different tiers that you can opt into, the first of which is our $1 tier where you get early access to episodes, a bunch of Patreon-exclusive bonus episodes such as our Spider Bite mini-episodes, you get to participate in our Walloping Word Snappers interactive improv game, and you get your own random villain alter ego. If you join us at our spectacular level at $5, you will get all previous rewards in addition to our monthly After Dark commentary episodes, a downloadable high-quality poster of our logo art, a personal on-air shout-out on each episode we record while you're a patron, and a Twitter shout-out and Twitter and Instagram follow once you become a patron. And if you really love what we're doing and you want to be a part of it, you can join our amazing tier at $30 where... If you stick around at that amazing tier, you could guest on the episode. That's right. You could be on an episode of Walloping Web Snappers to talk about anything that you would like that is in the Spider-Man canon or mythos. So at the end of the day, it's you guys who lets us keep doing what we're doing. So thank you for that. No matter what level you're able to contribute or if you're just an avid listener who's stopping by, trust us, your friendly neighborhood podcast hosts. Thank you. Thanks. Well, back at the shed, Phineas explains that a newly built device that they have newly built will temporarily replicate the superhero's powers to to help them in retrieving their permanent ones. Uh, However, before Ferb is able to complete final preparations, Candace, who is really excited to help out the superheroes, activates the device and the superheroes end up with mixed up powers. So Thor ends up with Spider-Man's powers, Spider-Man ends up being super strong from the Hulk's powers... Iron Man is theoretically able to wield Mjolnir, uh, and Hulk is normal, but otherwise feeling sort of entrepreneurial, because he's just Tony Stark powers. (laughs) 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 Yeah, they did that well. I mean, the real sort of like bread and butter, I think, of the mixed up powers is the fact that Hulk doesn't really get anything and they can play with that. And then Thor is actually surprisingly funny with Spider-Man powers. Yes. (laughs) Other than that, I mean, Iron Man and Spider-Man are just sort of like strong, kind of. Or like they feel really good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think the conversation where Iron Man's like, so I can use a hammer, right? <laughs> yeah, I just like call yeah. out to it. Like, how long is it gonna take? Do I just wait? Yeah, and Thor, <laughs> Thor's like, no, nothing to do with power. It's all about, it's all about your worthiness. And Iron Man's like, oh, well, that sucks. Well, I can at least use like <laughs> lightning stuff, right? And he's like, Thor's like, no, the lightning comes from the hammer too. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, what about flying? <laughs> no, that's that's also the hammer. <laughs> uh, it's 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 good. It's good. Yeah. Classic. Kind of like a body swap, but not quite, you know? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> yes. So at a shopping mall, we cut back to the villains where they're still, you know, doing doing Doofenshmirtz's evil errands. Like getting um, ice cream. <laughs> getting ice cream. 
in a mall. Um, Whiplash finally loses his temper um, after all the fooling around, which is in pretty direct parallel to what's happening back at the shed, where Phineas loses his temper with Candace, who, you know, messed up their whole plan with uh, getting the powers back. So there's like a ton of parallelism between these two groups <laughs> it's kind of wild yeah. yeah the writing on this show is really good like it's yeah. really smart uh-huh yeah it's i don't know how many times i'm gonna say it's good but it's good guys it's good okay <laughs> yes yes just in they see a news well first they see a news story of a very special report of something terrible that's happened in <laughs> in danville which is that the beloved television show horse in a bookcase is canceled that has to be a thing outside of this episode, right? Hope, they must watch that TV so. show. I guess so. <laughs> I don't understand it at all. <laughs> don't either. I also don't need to. I laughed anyway. I think it's, yeah, it's so funny because it's so ridiculous. Because they mentioned it like twice. So. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but, um, but like, other than that, also, the other terrible thing happening is that an evil entourage is busting up the uh, Google Plex. Mall, the Google, Google, Googleplex mall. That's right. Yeah. Googleplex mall. That one. Something fierce. <laughs> but, uh, you know, despite their mixed up powers, the superheroes are like, we've still got to fight them. We're superheroes. So they set off to do it. Yeah. Phineas is like, you guys can't go. You don't have your powers. But they, they're just like, you don't understand what being a hero is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But to help them out, Phineas and Ferb don their own super suit of armor, which is basically just almost kind of like their own personal Iron Man suit that they just like both pilot at the same time. Mm-hmm. Though it has like a weakness of for water right now, like it isn't waterproof. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing it's, it's not raining. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so they, they fly the entire group to the mall. They do, and they find out that the villain entourage is, in fact, busting the place up something fierce. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Unfortunately, the heroes, having not mastered their new powers, because they, they did kind of just rush into this one, uh, they fail to stop the villains. Uh, because, for example, Spider-Man tries to jump normal, but with Hulk's powers, goes through the roof. <laughs> so yes. it's like stuff like that. Uh, or, like, <laughs> Thor can't control the fact that his hands are sticky. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he also has inherited Spider-Man's propensity for puns. Yes, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> My favorite thing is Hulk, who, you know, can't do anything, basically. Uh-huh. Gets, like, knocked into, like, a like an appliance store or whatever. And he comes out, <laughs> like, make it, having made his own, like, suit of armor out of, like, kitchen appliances and yeah. frying pans. Yeah, he insists <laughs> but then he Im- needs a suit of armor because he's got Tony Stark's powers. <laughs> but then he immediately gets, like, knocked out. <laughs> like, immediately. Yes, yes, I love that. I love that. Good suit of armor. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, he tried. <laughs> yes. I like Hulk in this a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hulk is really good. He is really good. It's a good one. Hulk is so funny, too, because you can do so many different things with it. And uh, in this case, they managed to pull off, like, comedy Hulk really well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of armor, uh, Phineas and Ferb's armor, which basically has the exact same color scheme as one Common Rider 01, BT dubs, uh, hmm. in case you know that reference. But uh, their armor nope. ends up being disabled, ultimately, not by the rain, but by the mall fountain, courtesy <laughs> of Whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> I think Whiplash basically just like breaks the fountain and water goes everywhere and they fall into it and there goes their armor. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty quick. It's a mess all around. 
Yeah, it's a big it's a big mess. Um, yes. Luckily, bef- before the villains can finish them off, Agent P, who has now donned his own superhero outfit, swoops in on a flying surfboard hoverboard thing, <laughs> and he rescues everybody. Yes. No one knows who he is. <laughs> of course. They make like a, a, they're like, is he Howard the Duck? <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, it's all now, good. I wonder, because I don't know, and I didn't look it up, I wonder if this superhero version of Agent P is, like, exclusive to this special. I bet it is. I got the impression that he was, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because it's, it's played so triumphantly. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure, I, I imagine that it is. I wonder if it appears after the fact. Oh, that like would be cool. once it's established. Yeah, I, wonder. I don't hmm. know. I don't know what the continuity on this show is like. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, uh, superhero Agent P ends up, uh, like you said, saving everybody. So back at Shed headquarters, they kind of evaluate what happened and and learn that their temporary powers are actually wearing off quicker even than they expected. And I think Phineas basically explains like, well, because they're not your powers, they're not really sinking in the way that they should. So not only do they have the wrong powers, but they have weakened versions of those powers. (laughs) Yep. That sucks. Yeah, it does. Luckily, there is a new device being built by Bajit and Buford. I didn't realize that was his name the entire time. I've never looked it up. I, uh, I don't had know to if look they ever it said it. <laughs> yep, yep. Bajit and Buford uh, built this new device that is nearly ready to fix the mix-up. However, Candace, who was like, I'm helping, I'm redeeming myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she tried to help them build it, but then she still jumps the gun by seeing a plug that was not plugged in and is just like, oh, I'll help him plug this in right now um, before it's ready to be started up. Plugs it in. The device immediately fires a bunch of gamma rays on Bajit and turns him into his own Hulk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so he ends up smashing the device like pretty much instantly <laughs> and then just runs away, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> I love when people just run away. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, Phineas <laughs> yeah. loses his mind at Candace. And so this is where I feel like I need to bring up if each one of these characters is getting sort of like the greatest hits of their personalities, is Phineas like a jerk to her all the time? That's what I don't know. That's I don't understand. I don't out of all the characters, even like the minor characters, they get little to do. I at least like I feel like I know generally who they're supposed to be, maybe. Yeah. But like Phineas and Fur both like seem like really boring main characters, to be honest, first of all. Yeah. Which I, I want to believe that it's just the product of the role that they are in this particular special in the uh-huh. plot. But they just like Ferb, it's like, oh, he's kind of quiet and British. And <laughs> Phineas is just like the leader who maybe flies off the handle sometimes. Like that's, yeah. they don't seem like very compelling main characters. Well, here's the thing I can't figure out. And this is something I would love for somebody to fill me in on. I get the sense that Candace is typically their episode villain because she's yeah. trying to get them in trouble. In this case, where she is trying to be helpful, I wonder if they were sort of forced to re-examine or tweak that dynamic where because she's not being sort of the, the, quote, villain of the episode, Phineas doesn't really come across as the hero of the episode or like like the one you're rooting for to succeed necessarily. Like you are because he's trying to help the superheroes, but then his interaction with Candace probably becomes less about avoiding her and becomes like chastising her 
And this yeah. is all, the second out of not the last time that he does this. And it, if this is the only Phineas and Ferb content that you consume, and pretty much that's the case for the two of us, Phineas kind of sucks. Well, it's hard. It's hard to tell in this one too because, like, Candace is like the only character who gets like a character arc. You know, uh-huh. like not that I was expecting one in this. No, like it's, but like she's the care only character. Like she's kind of weirdly the central character in terms of like like the emotional through line of this. Right. Like I'm so. I I wasn't it's weird cuz like there's a part of me that knows that she's not the character I'm supposed to root for in the in the larger world of Phineas and Ferb because she's the one trying to to tattle on them. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I was like rooting for her to get it right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was yeah. like, she is actually just trying to help you guys. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, she's weird. messing things up. Don't get me wrong. But she's really trying to help. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I'm curious about what, what her role is in the grand scope of the show. Because when I was just kind of just like bumping around like on other episodes and stuff, I didn't watch anything else. But just like seeing like descriptions and stuff and, and yeah. like other movies and everything. Like there seems to be a fair amount of Candace-centric material huh. throughout it. So I wonder if maybe she's more of like an like a more pivotal like point than it seems like she is yeah maybe or, she's more like an angelica to the rugrats than she is just like a tattletale yeah or maybe she that's like she was set up like that originally and then as the show the show went along like she she got more spotlights and got fleshed out a little more hmm. or something like this is i think season four is actually the last season of the show i think so like this is probably getting close to the end run so you know like hmm. they probably figured out like better stories to tell with her by this point anyway yeah so i don't know yeah i mean we're all just we're just kind of talking out of our ass here well but, yeah like... for sure i mean because we don't i mean we don't know this is a show we don't know um yeah. have, like no background with so i'm just i'm i having no idea who these characters are supposed to be outside of this or what their history has been or what their their history of interactions has been I don't know. Like, I kind of liked Candace a lot more than I liked Phineas. Uh, and I don't think that's how I'm supposed to feel. <laughs> me too. Me too. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Phineas, very interesting. Kind of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I like when, uh, after he loses his mind at Candace, she leaves dejectedly and they play like a riff on yes. the sad, incredible Hulk music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so amazing. It's so good. Oh, very good. Very, very good. Love that. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, after she walks off uh, dejected, Buford decides that he's going to set off to find Hulkjeet. But he does this after Isabella already volunteers to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And this ends up being kind of an imp- kind of an important detail. It, it sets Ooh. off like a future interaction, but it's sort of... It's sort of weird in the moment. Basically, Isabella's like, oh, I'll go find uh, Baljeet. Uh, and Buford's like, no, 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 I'll get it. Like, it could get dangerous out there uh, or it could get ugly out there or something. And she, like, burns him really hard. But ultimately, what the interaction is, is, like, Buford is a jerk and is like, no, you're a girl. You can stay home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cool, Buford. Yeah, it would have made more sense if we'd seen a little more of these like subtler, less hostile interactions earlier with uh, Isabella getting cast off because the way it plays yeah. plays out shortly, it feels like this kind of came out of nowhere. I think that uh. this <laughs> 45 minutes does maybe, I don't know, but I think it does Isabella dirty. 
Uh-huh. Real I dirty. Really get the sense that there was stuff cut out with her or something. Maybe. Like, I feel like some of the stuff, well, I guess we'll get to it when we get to it. But there's stuff that, like, we see during, like, a musical sequence shortly uh-huh. that feels like it could have actually been things that we saw in the episode itself rather than it just being in the musical sequence and it just got cut for time or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, my hopeful outlook is that this particular special did her dirty and that she is kind of cool in in the actual series. Mm-hmm. My less hopeful uh, sort of <laughs> out to, like outlook is that she kind of always sucks. Like, yeah. not her necessarily, but like the way she's written and the character that she plays yeah uh, is potentially kind of like just a i don't know she's the girl and she has a yeah. crush on phineas that's it yeah that's that's what i'm worried about that i'm worried yeah. that she's literally just sort of like the girl who is getting in people's way while they're trying to do cool stuff and she's getting in the way because she just wants to be closer to phineas i don't know i don't know yeah, that's what this special sort of makes me believe <laughs> yeah that's the thing i think that's that's interesting because i feel like we're going into this blindly with Phineas and Ferb, but I'm sure a lot of people were doing the same thing because yeah. this was meant to be a big crossover and you might only be watching this because Spider-Man and, and et cetera is in it. Right. So if this, I mean, we're watching it like it is your first impression, like it, I'm sure it was for a lot of people and might still be for people who randomly stumble upon it from the Spider-Man collection on Disney Plus because that's where yep. it is. Yep. That's where I found it. <laughs> uh-huh. I, did, I wouldn't have really known that yeah. it existed other than that. Yeah. Well, somebody, somebody, please, please let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to know that she doesn't, you know, that she's okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, anyway, I guess back to what's actually going on in this. Agent P flies to uh, Doofenshmirtz headquarters and learns that a new power draininator has been constructed. So they've finished their mission of the villains, that is, have finished their goal of making a new Draininator. Um, with the device finished, Red Skull uh, imprisons Doofenshmirtz because they've now gotten what they wanted and probably don't want to do any more musical errands <laughs> and share their plan to drain the powers of all the superheroes on the planet, not just the four that they were battling earlier. Unfortunately for Agent P, the villains discover that he's there and capture him as well, right next to <laughs> Doofenshmirtz. Mm-hmm. Now, back in town, the Hulk cheat rampages, and meanwhile, we sort of reference this, but uh, in her bedroom, Candace shares her feelings with Isabella. Um, Candace is kind of sulking and everything, and Isabella also like comes in and is just sort of like, I know how you feel, um, and basically is just like, she, Isabella is, I, I like some of her rationales, the thing that's a bummer because they call out specifically, like, none of, like, the women superheroes came in for this, like, crossover that we're doing. So that's so weird to me because they specifically wrote that into the episode and it makes yeah. me wonder if the Phineas and Ferb people wanted to include one. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe. Or, because, like, it's not necessarily a it's not a joke. Like she's not telling a joke about them being gone, but it also she's, does yeah. sort of like explain them away sort of like a little bit. It's also a little weird. Cause she's like, you know, it's a bummer that none of the, the women superheroes are here because now it's all about masculinity and fighting and stuff, which is kind of weird. Cause that's also what all of the women superheroes do as well. Yeah. Like, so it's just a very confusing sort of reflection on her part. I don't, I don't right. fully understand what they were trying to communicate there. 
Right. It's, yeah, I don't really get it either. And that's a thing that I think maybe we could have understood better if there was like a few instances earlier of Isabella getting feeling like she was getting the short shrift, maybe because they're like, oh, well, this is for a strong boy to do or something like that. And that's just sort of like how she internalized it. But yeah, but you're also right. Like if they got Black Widow or whoever on it, she'd still just be like kicking people and doing backflips and stuff. Like it's not, it wouldn't yeah. really be any different. So yeah, and and the fact that like they already have Candace in as a cipher for like sort of the other side of like superhero stories where like she's like the, the on the fandom side where it's just sort of like loving them for for like being superheroes and everything. You you already you already see that like women can enjoy superheroes as they are. So it's weird to kind of plug this voice in way far into it just being like yeah but the girl superheroes like girl superheroes and and it's and you know they don't really care about it otherwise yeah, i don't know I don't... it's it's all like conflicting sentiments and it's almost like they wanted to make like a like a like a woke statement about like the state of superheroes but like you know there's only so much you can do and it doesn't really get communicated well it just feels really muddled well i think you know, so what this manifests in is this song, right? Like the Candace and Isabella sing a song about being left out of the group and just wanting to be a part of it and help and the boys and whatever. Mm. I actually think that they could have done the like they could have made a statement with the not this song specifically, but with these two characters. And I don't actually think they deliver in a way that sends any sort of good message because the short version of this is they become imperative to resolving the whole issue, mm. but not on purpose, <laughs> but they well, could have. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll, we'll dig into it, but they like, figure they, I think they, mm, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of both though. Cause they figure out stuff that no one else does, but, but I guess the ultimate final bumbling thing. along the way. Yeah, yeah. When it didn't need to be. Like, it could have literally been like, we've, like, these boys don't understand that we can do stuff too. Let's figure this out. Like, yeah. I guess that's sort of the character Isabella's supposed to be. And maybe, maybe the fact that Candace is kind of this bumbling character throughout the whole episode detracts from Isabella's probably meant to be sort of like strong willed, prove the boys wrong type thing. Sure. Um, but I, if that's who she's supposed to be, like, they really didn't, they really didn't inject a whole lot of that into her, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, it's really confusing. And, you know, like I was saying before, there's they play they they replay the clips of like the things that the times that Candace kind of screwed up that she feels guilty about, and then they play that alongside clips of when Isabella was supposedly getting the short shrift, which are things that we hadn't actually like seen at all <laughs> throughout yeah. the entire special, which is what makes me think like, well, if Candace's stuff was recycled clips, then Maybe those clips of Isabella were things that were originally in the episode that got cut for some reason. Because, yeah. like, it just seems so weirdly out of nowhere. All of this stuff for her seems so out of nowhere. Even, you know, in the context of, like, the whole show, maybe this happens more often. But That's like, what I'm wondering. Like, I, I wonder if there's somebody listening to this who's like, you guys, like, this is what Isabella does. Mm-hmm. And so if you watch the show frequently, you don't need to be fed that. But with yeah. Candace, maybe because it's not typically her role, they showed us all of it. That makes sense. Doesn't I mean as like an individual product, it doesn't really work. But I wonder if, in the grand scheme, it makes a lot of sense to people who are already familiar. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. I hope that's what it is, because otherwise, it's really weak. But if that's yeah. what it is, then that's great. Yeah. And I will say, even though the message isn't that great and it's a, a little muddled, I think the song that they sing slaps, and I think that they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> 
it, it 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 took me i had to separate what what my frustrations were with the situation from the song to get to that point but i agree with you yeah because this is the most classical musical sequence that they have because yeah. i mean and it's it's sort of like it's purposely done kind of over the top like yeah that they have the beautiful like a little duet the even even with like the voice that isabella's actress is putting on <laughs> like yeah. she still sings really well even with that voice i know it's so funny because you get ashley tisdale's like singing voice mm-hmm. and then you get like isabella uh, like little girl caricature voice doing a duet <laughs> yeah. with that. It's, yeah, it's very but funny. it works. It, it does, sounds it really good. It's a yeah. great tune. <laughs> and I love the joke that they have at the end of it where they're like singing. They're both at the window like dramatically and like it, it looks like it's like rain, draining dramatically. And then like their song ends and it's just like the dad watering the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, just watering the lawn. It's done now though. You can, you can come out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, it, it culminates in like a really wonderful moment. I just, uh, I hope somebody can fill me in on what, what I'm missing. (laughs) Yeah. So after that song, we see that Buford has found Baljeet and manages to calm him down by calling Baljeet his best friend, which is really sweet. sweet. Uh, but then Buford screws it up, uh, by (laughs) critiquing Baljeet's rampaging, saying that he wasn't that scary and not that good at being Hulk. (laughs) <laughs> Which just makes Baljeet mad and turns him right back into a Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. I do love it. Yes, but come on, Buford, good. you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Buford is sort of like this uh, like bully friend type character. Almost like a... Uh, I imagine he could potentially be sort of like a Binky from Arthur. But not oh, as yeah. sensitive necessarily. <laughs> sure. Where it's like, that's is that a is that a bully character or is that he is that your friend? It probably <laughs> just depends on the episode, you know. Yeah, and he's also like a little bit of a weirdo too, which yeah. I appreciate. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> that's cool. Big fail there. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Red Skull delivering and addressing the people of Danville. He is explaining that this new drainator will now drain anything that they want, um, <laughs> which it's basically a disintegrator ray, I guess. It just uh-huh. like it literally just like he points it at Stan Lee's hot dog stand. Rude. <laughs> He's there now and it like sucks it and drains it into nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you have? Essence of hot dog stand now? What do you so. do with that? <laughs> yeah. 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 So if the superheroes don't come and face the villain entourage, they will drain everything in the tri-state area. Everything. Everything. <laughs> so yeah, so, you know, the superheroes insist that, uh, well, we've got to fight back whether we've got powers or not, because that's what being a hero is all about. Yes. As this is sort of happening, or I think just right after the superheroes leave, Candace enters the shed and is attempting to apologize to Phineas. That's what she's there to do, is to apologize for messing things up. But Phineas is being a big ol' a-hole to her, and Mm. what he's saying isn't wrong, right? Like, this is really important. Like, I can't listen to you right now. But he just, like, sort of, like, digs in even harder about how she screwed everything up and doesn't she understand how big a deal this is. And it just makes me not like him. I just think he's a huge jerk. (laughs) Yep. Um, So I don't like that. But that that happens, uh, and she is once again dejected. The heroes do arrive downtown, but they get there on a bus, of course, so which good. is always, always a good time. It's always funny how the old lady gets off first, <laughs> and she's just like, oh, are you weirdos? She's so <laughs> tired. She gets off the bus to greet a bunch of villains, 
and is like, ugh. And then you realize that she was on a bus with a bunch of superheroes. <laughs> so she finally gets off the bus of weirdos and is greeted by a bunch of weirdos. And she's just so tired. <laughs> she's just, she's just an old lady is... trying to get downtown. <laughs> this, is, this is worse <laughs> than Portland. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> so they get downtown and, and they're there to confront the villains, obviously. But they don't have power. So they're very quickly stopped. Or they don't have full powers, at least. So they don't really stand much of a chance. We do cut to Doofenshmirtz Tower, where Agent P is starting to cut his way out of the cage. So that's good. That's a point in in favor of the good guys. And Mm -hmm. then we also see that Phineas and Ferb finish repairing their suit of armor, or almost, because when they fly off to meet their heroes, they are, it is pointed out, I don't think this pays off at any point, does it? That they are flying with only one butt jet? No, I don't think it, I don't remember. Does that circle back around? I don't know that that does, because, I mean... I chuckled, but then it didn't, it didn't, (laughs) nothing happened with it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I guess it was for that one joke. And then just to show how, like, underpowered they are. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I guess it's just continuing. Yeah, it further kind of undercuts, undercuts their powers. But yeah, yeah, so they're getting there, but everybody's sort of at some sort of disadvantage. Yeah, yeah. So in town, um, no, things aren't going well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Nope. Whiplash tosses Iron Man high into the air, sending him on a crash course with the ground below. Um, Red Skull claims that Iron Man is nothing without his powers or his allies, but before Iron Man can hit the ground, Hulksheet saves him and slides down a building. Oh, and he they does have the a... cool slide thing. I love it's that. Like... Love and they, it. Yeah, it, they, that, they do that, and they also do the, like, we have a Hulk uh, line. But yes. like, <laughs> yes, this is like three direct Marvel's Avengers movie references in a row. They're yes. not necessarily in order from the movie, uh, but you get the Hulk catching Iron Man falling from the sky. Mm-hmm. You get we have a Hulk or a Hulk Jeet. <laughs> yeah. And then in just a few moments, we'll get another one. I guess I should yeah. <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't jump ahead, but we're going to get another one. And they're yeah. all just direct references to the movie. It's very cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which, you know, this came out like a year after the movie came out. So yeah. very topical. Yeah. People should get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Phineas and Ferb then arrive in their power suit and also Agent P arrives in, in his superhero persona, having broken out of his cage and... And Doofenshmirtz is also fed up with all of the stuff going on <laughs> and mad at the villains for like kicking him out of his uh, of the group that he thought he was leading. Mm-hmm. And so he arms his waffleinator and starts firing it from the top of his tower. Yeah. Did you happen to catch what Phineas and Ferb called their suit? I know. I don't remember. They gave themselves a name and used it one time. Uh-huh. <laughs> they are called Macaw. <laughs> oh, oh. I don't know why they even have a name. <laughs> Okay, sure. But uh, but yeah, they have uh, they are called Macaw, I guess. I guess the Phineas's face is like a beak-like face, and that's yeah. what the suit also looks like. So I guess like, <laughs> that makes true. sense. <laughs> but this is where we get that third direct uh, Avengers reference, because basically you have Iron Man landing, you have Hulk Jeet landing, you have Macaw landing, Agent P, and they do the sort of like circle around thing that you get in the that culminating moment of the Avengers movie. Right I thought that happened. Battle. I thought that happened after after they get their powers back. Is it? Oh, do they do it with the whole Avengers team? I thought they. I thought they. Mm, they know. do it with no. They do it with the Avengers team and Perry, but Hulk, like oh, uh, Hulk Sheet isn't there because he's already powered. Right. Down. That's right. They do it with Perry. Well, 
They're gonna do it. It's gonna happen. Well, it's but yeah, they have because because honestly, the coolest action sequence is isn't the one after the cool Avengers shot. I think right. it's this one because it's a whole like chaotic action sequence yes. with them chasing after it. We'll, we'll talk about it, but like it's it's this is the one that's like beautifully done. Yeah. Well, basically, because like the Waffleinator, the Waffleinator, <laughs> basically <laughs> is like the final sort of ingredient to disarming all of the bad guys like it's just so absurd that they're lose they like lose their grip on all the heroes and like give the, give the new guys a chance basically to <laughs> to step in yes yes yeah so with the arrival of these new heroes uh spider-man is freed from modok's mind bubble thanks waffles and- <laughs> Yeah, right. Thank you, Waffles, is a thing that I say every day of my life. Uh-huh. Once he escapes, he steals a piece of the villain's improved drainator, which is, like, kind of like this, uh, it's like, I guess it's their, they no, Doofinator references it earlier, I don't remember what he calls it, but it's like a thing with a bunch of little orbs, and all the orbs, like, spill out. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, it has yeah. a name, but it's just a piece. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Basically, what what this is going to do is create chaos, because all of these orbs are, like, just little balls that are just being thrown around and tossed around and everyone's trying to get it. Um, so, like, that's how all of them are cr- clashing is by, like, jumping over each other to grab them. And and, and so the villain – because the villains want to, like, reinstall it to get their drainator working again. Yeah. So it's a really awesome sequence and it's out of control and, like, it's a thing you had just have to watch because it's just a bunch of craziness happening. Yeah, it's good. I, I actually think the chaotic funny fights are so much better than the, like, serious fight at the end. Absolutely. The serious fight at the end is is just kind of there. Like, it's, it's just there to finish it off. Yeah. I get why they did it, but it's fine. Right. So while this chaos is ensuing, uh, we cut back to Candace and Isabella talking in the shed about the missing powers. And Candace is, it figures out that, like, just from what she's learned from comic books um, and also, like, real science, mm-hmm. is that energy doesn't just disappear um, and powers wouldn't just disappear. It has to be transferred somewhere. Like, it's not just going to cease to exist. So this clues Isabella in about where the powers might actually be, and the two head to the space station. Yes, yes. I just, I think this is where I would have liked to have had one scene in between their song and this, to just be like, the boys don't know what we can do, or something like that. Just because, like, they jump to this, and it's like, oh, I guess now they're trying to, like, they're talking about where the powers went. I don't know. I feel like there's a piece missing. I'm not sure yeah. exactly what it is, but I'm glad yeah. that they're they are contributing to the situation. Yeah, and not <laughs> accidentally in this case. <laughs> yeah. Well, I still think it's like half accidentally. Like yeah. I think Candace has Candace has that idea and then because Candace has that idea, Isabella has a revelation. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's how people come up with ideas. Like, that's normal. Like, that's how it would have happened with the guys, too. <laughs> I know. It still doesn't feel intentional uh, in the same way that the guys are. Like, the guys always are like, all right, we're going to do this thing now. And then they do that thing. Hmm. Um, maybe it's just there's, like, a lack of introduction of these characters who have been dejected, like, finding their power. Yeah. Like, the boys are confident the whole time. Like, they, the boys, and they even comment on that. Like, the, mm-hmm. the boys are always assured in what they're doing and the girls are cut down throughout the episode. And then there's never really like a moment where they decide or that we get to see rather. We have to sort of assume that they decided this, that mm-hmm. they decide like, well, we're going to we're going to have our own power here. We're going to do our own thing. Um, so I guess it's you can fill in the blank, but it would have been cool to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially I, yeah. if these are characters that don't normally interact or get along, which is what my assumption would be. 
It seems like it, yeah. I get, it's it's weird because Phineas and Ferb, their whole shtick, I guess, is that they're geniuses, right? So like yeah, that's that's, that's basically their superpower. So like this is so I mean you know the girls are never going to be able to just do things like they do. So this is going to be like the most empowered that they could possibly get, which they still out of all the geniuses and superheroes and everybody that are there, they're still the only ones that are able to figure this out, and they do it just between the two of them. Yeah, you know. I, it, well, it's definitely, let's talk about how they figure it out because I don't love that either. <laughs> it's definitely undercut. It's undercut after it, but the the road to getting there th- at this point, I I feel like they're 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 pretty significantly like empowered because they they still solve they still figure out a piece of the puzzle that literally no one else even considers, and yeah. I think that that's still important. All right, they get one thing. <laughs> compared to everything else i guess like the the boys aren't perfect like they have messed up uh mess well they messed up a butt jet pretty much (laughs) um but let's talk about how they actually sort of like figure confirm the theory right so the the heroes and villains are continuing to clash down on earth and isabella and candace arrive on the space station and they discover that the powers are where isabella assumes so that's that's awesome i do like that However, (laughs) Candace asks Isabella to send those powers back to Danville. I do think this is a product of us not being familiar with Phineas and Ferb, or at least myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But this this was kind of like, ugh, okay, cool, I guess. Yeah. Isabella's like, oh, I don't know how to do that. And Candace was like, well, didn't Phineas tell you? And uh, Isabella's like, yeah, he did. But he was in an astronaut suit, and that was hot. So I really wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so I don't know how to do that. <laughs> like, uh, there's like a part of me. Okay, I'm conflicted about it because there's a part of me that loves the fact that Isabella just unabashedly thinks Phineas is hot. Right? Like, I love that. I think that's cool. And she goes for it. Right? Um, it doesn't seem <laughs> like Phineas cares. So I don't love that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not seeing how the dynamic typically plays out, it's sort of a bummer that it's it's like, well, you could have had the ability to do this, but you were distracted because he was hot. I'm like, okay, I need more context. <laughs> um, yeah. So, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I'm conflicted because I love the fact that she's just like into Phineas unabashedly, but I hate yeah. that it impeded her so much. <laughs> I know. Her delivery of it is funny too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <sighs> yes. It's she's still funny a com- like, it. it's weird because like it is a comedy first. Yes. And so like, you know, I feel like that was made because it's, it's, that was there because it is a funny joke to just be like, figure it out. Like, don't, shouldn't you know? It's just like, yeah, but all you heard was blah, 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 Isabella, blah, 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 Isabella, blah, blah. Like, I think, like, it's yeah. funny. Like, it it's is legitimately funny. It is funny. funny. <sighs> That's why I'm so conflicted about it, I think, because from one perspective, it all works. Like, from, from a particular lens, everything that I'm frustrated about with Candace and Isabella works. Mm-hmm. But then from an entirely different lens, I, I hate it. So I'm just like, <laughs> I have, like, one foot firmly in both sides of it, and I'm like, yeah. I don't know what to do about that. Yeah, it's hard. It's, you know, <laughs> I guess you'd have to be of, I I don't know if there's one solid perspective that you can have on stuff like this, because, like, you can have, like, the feminist, like, reality that you want to look at, and then you, then you can also have, like, the reality of what the show is, which is right. a pretty heightened one, <laughs> a very heightened one that is made to just be funny and right. silly. 
Right. You know, so you can have, I think, I think you just have to be of two minds on stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I I think I, I'm, I'm very, very open to this being one of those circumstances where I just don't, I'm not familiar enough with the show. I do think it's worth pointing out though, that when you have one example or one story, and in this case, it's a crossover. So it it is theoretically bringing in new people that that is something that you should consider or take seriously that like, okay, if this were the very first thing that somebody was seeing about Candace and about Isabella, the only two female characters outside of the mom who doesn't necessarily make a better case uh, for, (laughs) again, funny, funny, hilarious, but doesn't necessarily make a better case for the women on the show. Right. Like what, what are you, what are you communicating to the new audience about who these characters are? Yeah. They're funny. They're funny. (laughs) But definitely. But uh, yeah, I need to move forward. Just it's it's uh, they're succeeding at comedy. Yes. Yes. I think that's where you have to (laughs) land. That's the only place you can land at for something like this. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So more more battle antics are happening. Um, Everybody's everybody back on Earth. Um, Everybody is looking for a drainator piece. Um, (laughs) They also like are like on bikes and skateboards and golf carts. It's great. Um, Because the heroes, like, don't have their powers, so they have to get creative. And, you know, it's also a cartoon, a funny cartoon world right now. So it's just, you know, you can't describe it. You just have to watch it. It's very good. (laughs) Just imagine Thor on a skateboard, you know? You (laughs) get it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or Spider-Man throwing golf clubs at people. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful sight, really. (laughs) Yep. So above all this sort of chaos, uh, Doofenshmirtz is attempting to activate his disintegratorinator. I'm not even really sure what he wants to use it for at this moment, uh, but he wants Does he to just use want to it. Kill everybody? Like I, I don't, don't know. know. Maybe he's trying to disintegrate the bad guy or disintegrate the bad guys. Maybe uh, disintegratorinate the bad guys. I should say. <laughs> but his power cord doesn't reach far enough to his extension cord, so he needs a bridge extension cord between the two. <laughs> So he's just sort of stuck. And then yep. above above that, uh, Candace posits a theory that <laughs> since they're not entirely sure what to do, uh, maybe it makes sense that the red button will be corresponding to the red details on the canister that's holding the powers. <laughs> Naturally, it is red, so the red button must work. And Isabel is like, that is terrible. That is an awful <laughs> idea. <laughs> Which I love. <laughs> That's so yeah. good. But Candace is like, no, 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 no. It's perfect. So she hits the red button. And guess what? It was a terrible idea. And the entire space station, like, powers down and starts <laughs> plummeting towards the Earth. <laughs> Look, you know what? That's Phineas's and Phineas and Ferb's mistake. Because why would this... Why would your shutdown for the entire space station that would theoretically kill everyone inside uh-huh. be so easy to press like a giant red button right on the console that you could very easily just like slip or like sit on or like accidentally press? Like that's their fault, not Candace's. Oh, yeah. Cause... No, I totally agree. <laughs> and this only further supports that Phineas sucks because I'm certain that he would be like, <laughs> why would you press that button? Yeah. And then like everybody would be like, why did you put the button there in the first place, you dummy? <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, terrible design, Phineas. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I like I like that it also is defriending their social media friends. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, they go through like the sequence of events and the last one is uh unfriending social media friends. 
Yeah, Kanis is like, that's just mean. <laughs> yep, yep, it's beautiful. <laughs> so as this space station is plummeting towards the Earth, the villains actually succeed in retrieving all of those pieces necessary to put back into the Draininator and get it activated. So they do activate the device, but before it can actually fire, the space station crashes on top of it, meaning everybody's <laughs> saved <laughs> by yep. Candace. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Good job, Candace. I was yeah. rooting for you. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah, so Candace and Isabella delivers the powers to Phineas and Ferb. Uh, they survived this the spaceship, the space station crash, by the way, in case you were wondering. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> Only the villains are, are affected by the actual crash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so everybody's fine. Um, yeah, so they deliver the canister uh, or the powers, the, or the canister with the powers in them, rather, uh, to Phineas and Ferb, and they use it to restore the superheroes' powers. And the villains are able to survive because they get, like, bubbled in Modok's bubble. And so they burst out of the ship, um, which sets the stage for the final battle where uh, the superheroes now with their powers restored and with the help of Agent P get to have their cool little Avengers circle shot moment and have just a pretty straightforward regular fight where they just, like, kick the ass of all the supervillains to a cool rock song. Super cool rock song. It's actually <laughs> fine. It's not that great. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It doesn't hold a candle to uh, my evil buddies and me or whatever that's called. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so basically while the superheroes and Agent P are kicking the villains' butts, all of the kids get a reprieve and just get to watch. So they're all like sitting on, on bleachers, I guess. They're sort of in a park. Um, so they're like sitting on bleachers, like eating popcorn, watching everything. Phineas does apologize to Candace for being a total a-hole. Candace is like, no, 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 it's all my fault. And I want to be like, no, Candace, he was being a jerk. It can be your fault and he could be a jerk, but whatever. So they apologize to one another. <laughs> Candace's privileges to enter shed have been reinstated and they, uh, they, I guess, make up for the time being. Yeah, for the time being, until Candace sees their mom doing the walking tour, who we've seen little <laughs> little shots of throughout this episode, where she's just like completely oblivious to all the action because she has her headphones yes. in and is observing historical monuments and things. In the tri-state area. In the tri-state area, yep. Um, So she's like, I'm glad we made up and we're friends now, but I still need to tattle on you guys because um, yes. it's too, too good of an opportunity. <laughs> Um, so she runs off to do that. But, of course, while she's gone, very quickly the superheroes dispose of the supervillains. They say their goodbyes to the kids, offer the internship again, and then, like, go uh, walk off. And then Doofenshmirtz does find the perfect length extension cord. He didn't go for, like, one that was, like, he didn't, he just, he, for, he forewent anyone that was, like, overly long. It had to be the exact right oh, length yes. to fit to get his disintegrator innator working, which fires off, uh, hits Phineas's space station, so it, it disintegrates, which means that once the superheroes and villains are gone, all of the evidence is gone, right as Candace brings her mom over to see it. Yes. And we kind of, I mean, we get like a joke from Candace's mom about like, ah, oh, yes, you do like comics. But other than that, like, it's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Like everybody yep. goes their separate ways. They don't yeah. get caught. Uh, the mom was none the wiser. Candace's tattling plan is foiled and everybody goes their separate ways. Yes. We get sort of like a during credits scene. <laughs> I was wondering <laughs> if there was going to be like an end credit scene, but they <laughs> they didn't do that. They did this instead. Where they try to figure out who superhero Agent P is and Buford attempts to unmask superhero Agent P and it's like a totally different face underneath. 
And so they don't actually succeed in unmasking him. Uh, but that's that's sort of like the post credit scene or whatever. Yeah. Yes. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. A little button. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So real quick, a couple faces of the episode, and then we can talk about this whole thing as a whole. Um, I mean, this is a funny cartoony show. Every, 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 there's lots of funny, like, movements and faces that are happening. So, like, it's honestly kind of hard and weird to, like, pick from something like this. Yeah. Because they're all meant to be funny. But one favorite of mine that I, that I noticed even on first viewing was I really like how they draw Red Skull when he's, like, super surprised or shocked by something. Yeah. Because, like, they really stretch his face out. And the thing that's weird <laughs> about him is that, you know, he has, like, his eye holes for being a skull but they he still has like little yellow beady eyes mm-hmm. inside of them and whatever he's shocked they just make like the giant like the, the eye holes in his skull like giant like they make them big <laughs> but his little beady eyes always stay the same size so like it just looks hilarious yeah he also has like super exaggerated teeth because he's a skull so like his mouth is always kind of like extreme in whatever expression he's making yes it's great yes the other one, <laughs> there's a really – so, you know, like, have you seen, like, memes for, like, front-facing Simpsons? Yes. Yeah. So, like, it's, like, this times, like, 11 with Phineas because not <laughs> only is his face weirdly shaped in the special, there's a moment they didn't need to do it. I don't know if they were just doing it just because they wanted to be cool. They do, like, a full – rotating shot like where he's like watching candace leave when he's being an asshole Mm -hmm. and like you see his his entire face make like a full like 180 turn so like you see it from from the side you see it like fully in front and like the way that they draw it like it even looks weird when you're watching it because it's not like they don't do any kind of smear frames or anything it's just like a completely different drawing for each frame so like you get these really distinct drawings of his head and all of them like look very strange and don't make any sense (laughs) and look honestly really frightening (laughs) yeah it was so strange that there's no smooth movement between them like it's just yeah it's just a series of frames it's like a slideshow it's really bizarre yeah yeah. Does it line up with how your your uh, 3D model Disney Infinity Phineas is? No, I actually think the uh, Disney Infinity model is like not great because like the eyes on the Infinity model is something they really can't figure out. Sure. I was wondering. They're like because they the eyes can remain flat on the show regardless of what the view is you know what i mean whether it's a side view or a front view they're kind of the same shape no matter what they don't have to sphere like spherify them at all but on the (laughs) figure they do so his eyes on the figure are like actual spheres as opposed to flat discs and so he just has these like like bulbous eyes uh and it's it's really weird and i don't like it yeah i don't (laughs) like i mean pupils like on the figure are really like his pupils and irises are very distinct from one another um, Weird. It's, yeah, it's uh, it's an ugly figure. I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of an ugly character model too. To yeah, what a weird character model. Like, I wonder how they. It's it's so strange. It's so strange. It, I guess it's no stranger than like Hey Arnold's head, but like. What yeah, are, I mean, I'm sure you, you get used to it as you're watching yeah. it. But it's still like that's definitely like. <laughs> like how did they get awful. to that point? You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's wild. It's not even you can't even really describe it frame by frame. I just have I collected five of them. You can see it on Twitter, Instagram, or Patreon. We'll have them there, just like we do with every face of the episode. But it's um man, what a weird what a weird design. <laughs> Very bizarre. Very and and the most bizarre. You know, like. 
Yeah. Like, uh, there are plenty of strange designs, but none of them, none of them rise anywhere near to this. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So, I like that. I mean, uh, despite the, the, the feminist misgivings of it, it's a really <laughs> funny, it's really funny. Like, yeah, I, I ultimately really enjoyed watching it. Like, it, it is a fun experience. Um, and I think if I weren't already inclined to be thinking that way, like, it, it does exactly what it's supposed to do, which is cross over two properties, do some cool, funny action, and tell a lot of good, funny jokes. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, you know, it could have done just that, but then it also manages to have, like, a pretty tight story. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, which is impressive for for something I wouldn't have necessarily expected it to feel compelled to do, but does anyway. So yeah, yeah I, it's a success uh, from most lenses. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. I greatly enjoyed it, and it was a fun. It was fun as a fun like diversion for this podcast because you know we're pretty much pretty much exclusively just covering action cartoons. Yeah. So like it's it's cool to get something that's like so obviously not but still has really good action in it. Like the action yeah. animation in it it's it's up to 11 like it's super heightened and cartoony. Yeah. But like it's really well done. No, I like, <laughs> like it. It's 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 weird because it's so different than any action we normally cover, but it's still action. It's just like mm-hmm. action done by funny people you know what i mean yeah (laughs) yeah uh and it creates a whole different experience that is still unabashedly action just totally different vibe absolutely absolutely it's kind of like uh did you ever watch super jail no i didn't okay one i fucking love that show even though it is terrible (laughs) but it's it's uh you know it it's just pure chaos uh and it it this almost gives me some of those vibes when they're fighting where you're just like, I'm not really sure where to look because there's just like so much happening on the screen and I, I dig it. <laughs> oh, I just saw the image of the uh, Phineas Finney <laughs> you sent me. Oh my yeah. God. It doesn't even really look like him. No, they kind of had to like completely and, – and, you know, they, they made new models for all the characters. Like they have a particular style that they wanted for Disney Infinity. Sure. But I don't know that there was ever going to be a way that they succeeded in – making Phineas in that style. They almost needed to do something like Nintendo did with Amiibo where Mr. Game & Watch is just flat. Like he's just a flat character. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. They Ugh. almost, I don't know that they could have even gotten away with that with Disney Infinity because it's got such a particular style to it. Sure. But uh, yeah, it looks bad. The Oof. the Agent Agent P one looks very good, but Phineas does not. Yeah, well, Agent P looks like a pretty normal character design. So like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Ugh, ugh, oh god, it's like really, it's so off-putting. Yeah, I can't yeah. even look at it anymore. It's no. uncomfortable. Yes, very, very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if you want to be not uncomfortable, if you want to be very comfortable, <laughs> you can get comfortable by going to www.patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers and check us out there where we have lots of cool bonus stuff, uh, like Spider Bites, where we cover Spider-Man related things that we're into. Uh, or, you know, like, I think we mentioned it earlier that we've covered like the canceled films, Spider-Man films that never were. We do commentaries on non-Spider-Man related things, a lot of other goodies. So definitely check us out there. If you would like to find us personally, where can we find you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter, uh, most frequently at Ikibouli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y, uh, tweeting about whatever I'm watching, uh, and frequently whatever else I'm doing. If you are into Pokemon things, you can also find me on another podcast here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast 
where my co-host Kyle and I talk about Pokemon just sort of as we feel like it. Where can people find you and the stuff you are doing? You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find me on YouTube under my video essay series, Second Chance, which looks at bad or divisive media from a positive lens, um, or at least looking for why people who like it might like it. Otherwise, if you'd like to find us, Walloping Web Snappers, you can find us on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod, or you can email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. At any of those places, please feel free to tell us all about Phineas and Ferb and everything we got wrong about this show. Yes, <laughs> fill me <laughs> <Please>. in. <laughs> Isabella Stans, please inform us. <laughs> yes. Oh, I know. I want the Isabella Stans more than anybody else. <laughs> That's who I need to hear from. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. me hope <laughs> yes i want to hear the i want to hear the feminist perspective on phineas and ferb from people who know the show yes <laughs> oh that'd be so good yes please also rate review and subscribe to us on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts um and if you write us a review we will read it on our social media do a dramatic reading of it yes. uh, whatever you say so please uh help us out there Next week, we will be dipping back into an oft-forgotten Spider-Man show. See you next time. Bye. Recording, see? <laughs> recording. We're recording. Drag Race just did like a... Uh, I am ready whenever you are. I am also ready. <laughs> Welcome to Walloping Word... Nope, that's not the name of our <laughs> podcast. <laughs>